Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? It's for jugglers and jugglets. Listening to the best best friends podcast in the world. Who do you think you are? I am. Yo. Welcome back, friends. It's your number one source for all things craft beer related. It's the internationally acclaimed Cindy Crawford approved podcast of hops, high fives, and friendship. Good one. I am your host, weighing in at a svelte 0.097 metric tons of fun, the beast of the yeast, Crispus Maximus, and the purveyor of a South Philly tuxedo. Yeah, it's it's looking it's looking sl- it's looking slimming on you, right? Uh, Tom, and I'm your other host, the Royers Ford Rattlesnake. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah, hell yeah! It's Dan. All right, everybody, and we are podcast with you. Tune into every week, I guess. The best best friends podcast. In the world. All right. I, it, it's not, it's getting me less and less hyped every week. I know. We'll find a bit. We'll find a new We'll one. find something new. We got it. It's the best, best friends podcast in the world. Oh, you're really taking it down. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, all right, guys. Uh, before we introduce our guests, because I always forget to do this until we're like grabbing beers. Uh, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to keep it professional and uh, I'm going to get do, down to business. Yeah. Get down to business right All away. Right. All right. Uh, we're a podcast. Uh, we thrive off listener interaction and whatever that bullshit is. Uh, and you know, stuff like that. And I've completely lost my train of thought. There it is. Subscribe, subscribe to our podcast. Um, that way you get the notifications. Hey, it's Thursday morning. The podcast is out. I feel like you're too relaxed in that tracksuit. I know. I'm getting like, <clears throat> I'm like I'm full of gabagool, whatever that even is. Uh, mortadella. You're like a gravy seal over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go protect a statue or pretend that I'm going to protect a statue. Um, it's our heritage. <laughs> uh, all right. Subscribe to the podcast so you get a notification that uh, we are putting it out every Thursday morning because that's when it comes out. Rate. Five star party. We don't care if you hate us. Just at least give us five stars. Yeah, five stars. Come on. It's how we show up in the algorithm and uh, Apple says, hey, guys, listen to this podcast. If you're not already listening to it, you may already like this. Yeah. Um, also, review. Uh, reviews are where you can really get creative weekly. I have been checking the reviews. I'm waiting for that nice mm. like, paragraph of scathing reviews talking about your tracksuit, the hat I always wear every episode <laughs> because it's starting to smell now. <laughs> oh. Um, is it starting to, oh, it's starting to probably smell like a smoothie sour, huh? Oh no. Oh no. No. Okay. No. 
Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, subscribe, rate, review, um, you know, and if you enjoy the podcast, which I hope you do because you're listening to it, uh, tell your friends about the podcast. You know, it's a we're, we, podcast. We're the multi-level marketing of podcasts. You know, you like the podcast. You tell three friends. Those three friends tell three friends. And it's just it keeps going down. We all profit. Everybody profits. Yeah, we went over this. Yeah. It's fail proof. All right. It, which it's just a simple $8,500 buy in. And then, you know, you're going to be a millionaire. But you're, you know, you'll be your own boss, babe. Yeah. We're a craft beer timeshare, guys. Yeah, exactly. You can't get out of it. There's no lawyers for that. All right. Now let's intro our guest. <laughs> uh, this is a, it's a, I'm, I've been excited about this one. This is a, a new app. Yeah, we talked about yeah. this this weekend. This is a first for the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's our first female brewer. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, do you want to continue your introduction? I do. All right. So she's the head brewer at Naked Brewing Company in Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. They also have a Bristol location. We saw that. Yeah, we did. Um, it's Hannah Godey. Hi. Hi, Hannah. Hello. Thanks for coming on. Really stuck the landing on the last name, Tom. Yeah, right? I know. I'm really proud of you. It only took like a a five-minute pre-show conversation to stick that in my head. It's cool. I would have responded even if you had pronounced it wrong. I might have corrected you, but I still would have responded. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, Like we said, uh, you're our first female uh, head brewer, so it's it's always nice to get a, a different... I guess a different perspective. Uh, I guess it leads to different questions and stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I could about. also just be a head brewer that happens to be female. You know, I was going to bring that up later and you kind of stole my mm-hmm. thunder there. Uh, you know, it's not that you are, you know, you're, you being female doesn't make you as a head brewer. You're a head brewer. It just happens to be female. Tom, exactly. She, she's taking the Tom. show from you. Yep. You're too All relaxed. Right. All right. We're canceled. Take, All right. Take off the tracksuit. <laughs> All right, everybody. You're we'll see you next canceled. week, maybe, yep. uh, if we're allowed back on. Uh, thanks, Hannah. Hey, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just, just throw it out there. <laughs> All right. So we're going to have uh, a couple of uh, the beers that Hannah brewed at uh, Naked Brewing Company. Um, I'm but, excited. Yeah. We went out. Uh, Dan and I took a trip out to Huntington Valley. We had a lovely Saturday. Together. We did. We, we really don't get did. a lot of those. We don't get a lot of those Saturdays together being, you know, two guys that are mid thirties with families. Yeah. We, we don't really, we don't really get out much together and we also work on the weekends. So yeah. having that rare Saturday off, you know, it was, took it was, full advantage of it. It was nice to drive out into the suburbs and visit some, uh, you know, That's awesome. Thank you brewers. for coming. Sorry that I couldn't be there. Unfortunately, I was with my in-laws. How dare you take a day off? How dare you? So Un- disrespectful. Unacceptable. Uh, all right. So let's get into these beers because that's all I've been thinking about for the past three days. That's all I thought about as soon as I walked in here. <laughs> let's go. I know. I did create and craft you guys um, some beautiful little four packs. So. Yes. It, it, was, it, was a, it was a delightful curation of beer. Um, wow. all right. So craft beer truck. <laughs> all right. So we're going to do, uh, we're going to drink a couple of Hannah's beers. And, uh, while Dan is getting the beer, I got to do this again. Uh, we got to talk about untapped. Um, untapped is an awful place where nobody knows what they're talking about, but it's a cool <laughs> place to, uh, to keep track of the beers you're drinking. Um, so, you know, do that and don't talk about where rate the beers because you're slowly destroying the craft beer industry. 
I'm, uh, I mean, unless you want to give them all fives, anything that I brew is like totally okay for them. There oh, you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if if you want to give every, uh, the chances of that happening uh, are really really slim. Uh, wait a second. Have you had anything that? I've no, no, no. Yet? I meant uh, them <laughs> rating the the craft beer community coming together for one, just coming together oh, and agreeing yeah. on anything, no. and no. them anybody giving a five for anything, unless you work at a brewery. Ah, <laughs> uh, that, that's that was a good one. Yeah, right. I slid that in there. But hey. To be honest, I think I'm turning a new leaf with our uh, Untapped. I don't think I'm going to read them anymore. I'm just I like start it. putting them in there. I'm perfectly fine with that. Hey, this is what we're drinking. Honestly, I've just been like, you know, curving that average four rating and just sliding it through there with every single one we've been putting up there because it always hovers around four. Yeah, it's all subjective. We just, we, we, yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, I feel like everybody's going to have a different opinion when they have a beer. And to be honest, to rely on ratings solely on untapped is not a good, uh, not a good method if you're looking for new and and interesting craft beer. And so if you're a new listener to the podcast, Dan and I used to rate every beer that we drank based on the untapped scale. And we just came to the conclusion that rating beer is so subjective that it's not even worth doing anymore. So, uh, you know, Drink beer that you think sounds good to you and don't go off of uh, some, you know, 40 year old dude that's drinking beers in his basement and trying to tell you how uh, a beer should actually taste. Or the ice guy. Remember the ice guy we we found on Untapped? No. Oh, the guy who put ice in his beer. Every single beer photo had ice in it. Uh, Yes. Hannah. Hannah. (laughs) Go on. Oh, I was just going to ask if I could comment on uh, tasting beer and my opinion of untapped. Yes, please do. Is going to be better and different than what I think you, you think I'm going to say. Okay. Um, so everybody's palate is different. Tasty beer is super, super, super personal. And every single time that I sit down and drink a beer with somebody that is maybe new to craft beer or new to the brewery, um, I start off every statement by saying, drink what you like. If you like something, cool. If you don't like something, cool. You and I are not going to taste things exactly the same. And that is 100% okay because what what fun would there be if everybody's palate was exactly the same? So, um, you know, Definitely. have, a, have a, a, a good outlook on, on a tasting experience. Um, as much as I, as a brewer, dislike Untapped because of the amount of subjective opinions that are on there at the same time, it does provide a... Um, valuable guidance and insight into the average craft beer consumer, which uh, sometimes as a brewer, you tend to lose sight of that and forget that, oh yeah, I'm not just brewing beer for other people in the industry. I'm brewing beer for everybody. So. Yeah. You're not just looking at trends and everything. Yeah. You're not, you're not just brewing beer for a bunch of neck beards who don't like anything that isn't hazy. Right. Or (laughs) Gloop, glop, fruit. Gloop, glop, fruit. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about that because we're drinking a sour later. And I don't know. Uh, but it's not gloop, glop juice, which is great. Hell no, it's not. All right. I ferment all my shit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Wait, you mean there's another way to make a sour other than, uh, you know, putting a little bit of beer in a, in a fermenter and throwing a shit ton of puree in there? Some dull pineapples. 
There, um, yes, there, in fact, there most certainly is. There's another there's way. Also the, there's also the traditional method of doing the sours. There's another yeah. way to have a sour that doesn't need to be chewed. Yes. Doesn't no. have to ruin your glass. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag stain gang. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Enough talk about jiggle juice. Uh, we'll, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll continue here. Um, so, uh, you can follow us on untapped, uh, and see what beers we have drank in the past and what we're drinking on this episode. And you can follow us on untapped at best, best friends pod. That's at best, best friends P O D. That's why we asked Hannah. Uh-huh. Totally understand now. There's more where that came from. It became a prerequisite question because we were catching a lot of our, uh, a lot of our guests guests off guard. They're like, wait, is that POD? Yeah. Yeah. So so we have to keep it in the back of our minds that, uh, we have something we want to talk to her about. Yes. As we get drinking. Uh Okay. So let's, uh, let's drink some clown cat. (laughs) Clown cat. Yeah. Meow. Uh, this is awesome. So, uh, clown cat by naked brewing company. Here's a double dry hop, new England IPA. Um, Again, got to give props to breweries that have really nice descriptions. Uh, it makes my job a lot easier when I have to talk about the beer and um, it makes it fun and interesting. So this one here, uh, this most hazy IPA was double dry hopped with Sabro Citra, giving way to a delicious explosion of tropical pina colada and candied ruby red grapefruit and tangerine citrus punch with a fluffy yet substantial mouthfeel that wraps your taste buds in a thrilling act of marvelous hoppiness. Bravo. Very good uh, description right there. 6.6% alcohol by volume right there. (laughs) Average rating right here, 3.87 on untapped. Okay. All right. So uh, I think we're going to crack into this. This is our our second straight week with a uh, double dry hop New England IPA. Oh, keep them coming. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, that's not all I drank. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Daniel, one, two, three. All right. Oh, that was good, guys. Good I'm proud of all of us. That was uh, that was some good unison. It was. I'm drinking straight out of the can, for the record. Savage. Uh, <laughs> it's also called laziness. <laughs> um, even though there is a entire uh, shelf of glasses about three feet out of my reach, but that means I, I wouldn't expect anything less from seeing the background of whiskey and then you turn into the kegerator. <laughs> I can only imagine that there's also a giant shelf of glassware in that room. There is. And it's uh, all sorts of proper glassware as well. But oh, there you go. Proper glassware. I just, just don't really feel like getting up. <laughs> <laughs> Completely understandable. All right. Daniel. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Slancha. Hannah, yes. I keep looking at the wrong screen. I got, I got to remember that the camera that was right there. <laughs> She's right under the camera. Here, I'll make it easier, Daniel. Here, hide that one. Okay, I can't. <laughs> okay, I can't. Much like uh, Skype doesn't let us do a lot of things. Uh, hey, you know when you're cheers, you're supposed to drink right afterwards, yeah. right? I get easily distracted, like a cat. Yeah, <laughs> like a cat in a tracksuit. Oh, yeah. There you go. Can can that be one of your cat series names? Cat in a tracksuit? Uh, yep. Tracksuit cat. Oh, I don't have a, I left my pen downstairs. Normally I carry a pen and a pocket knife with me, but I took them out of my pocket. So they're downstairs right now. Uh, but, we, have, uh, we, we have your phone number. Yeah. You will be constantly reminded. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Feed Tom's Perfect. ego by, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna talk about it. 
He's like, this is all about my tracksuit, guys. <laughs> Try this beer. Um, I mean, the stripes are slimming. Yeah, he um he just got done his um his practice with his corn cover band, so he decided to come oh, in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Davies would have been proud, man. Are you ready? You weren't ready though. I wasn't. <laughs> um, I left my kill. So home. beer. So yes. beer. So um, you mentioned that this was part of a series that you guys do. Yeah, so it's um an unofficial series. It's not like we've really announced that it's a series, but. Um, so our graphic designer, first of all, can we talk about the can art real quick? Oh yeah. Um, the can art's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So our graphic designer is, um, this woman named Gabby. She is, uh, she's awesome. She's actually, um, a freshman in college. <laughs> oh wow. So yeah. Um, super talented artist. And, um, she had a friend that said that she, or he wanted, a clown cat tattoo. So Gabby drew it, gave it to him. And he said, Oh no, I was just joking. I wasn't really serious. And she's like, what? <laughs> I love this clown cat tattoo. Like I want this. And so she was telling me this and I saw it in her sketchbook and I was like, I'm putting that on a label done. We're, we're doing this. So, um, so that's how clown cat came to be. But also we, <laughs> We have um, a lot of feral cats that run around outside the brewery. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah, you we, saw them mm-hmm. on Saturday. Yeah, we did. We uh, we met so, one. So I've named some of them because oh, I think no, that they you're all not supposed look to like do people. That. <laughs> no, like they look like people. Um, there's Lady Gaga. There's Tilda Swinton and Rob Schneider. That was <laughs> a little cute looking. Okay, um, yeah, no, that, I that's got to be one heinous cat to be Rob <laughs> Schneider. Jesus. <laughs> You know, like normal Rob Schneider is actually not a bad looking dude. Like goofy movie Rob Schneider. You're kind of like, okay, sure. Fun, fun fact. I sat on a couch next to Rob Schneider. Good looking guy. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know what? On that Netflix show, I didn't recognize him. You know, when he had his own show on Netflix. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that was him. I was like, wait, that's, that's the guy who I, is I, in all of those Sandler movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Sat, I sat on a couch in... Bergdorf Goodman while he waited for his supermodel Look girlfriend. You, you to, bitch. Yeah. No. Well, have you seen the tracksuit? I mean, come <laughs> yeah, on. that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So I sat next to him. I was like, Hey, Rob Schneider. And he was like, Hey, how's it going? He was just like <laughs> the guy, like he was literally just sitting there waiting like for his supermodel girlfriend to try on shoes. <laughs> just, I was like, he, he was, was just on that couch. It was just like the typical, like beat down guy. Like you see, you know, like the mall mall dads, mall dads. Yeah. yeah you should have offered him a beer. Um, I was working like I, uh, and it was, it was Bergdorf Goodman. I don't know. How, how do you get a beer there? Oh man. You, do you have pockets? There you go. That's true. But there's a will. There's a Rob way. Schneider. Would you like this pocket beer while yeah. you wait? <laughs> hey bro. Got a pocket beer. I once offered somebody a pocket sandwich and it had pocket lint on it. <laughs> oh, so not even in, not even in the plastic, like pocket oh, sandwich. No, like, no. Like I just shoved it in my pocket cause I went into a bar. And Are you I Napoleon was Dynamite? Already. Did you have tots in the other Listen, pocket? You I was in your cargo pants? and in college, and it seemed like a really good idea. <laughs> want a bite of my ham sandwich? They were like, no, you fucking weirdo. No, I don't want a, a bite of your weird pocket sandwich. You were probably really offended at the time. I'll slash also relieved because I was like, okay. More I'm sandwich hungry. for me. As I type pocket sandwich for uh, a potential episode name here. 
<laughs> All right, guys, beer. Let's get back yeah, to this beer. I'm, right. I mean, it's I'm really enjoying not it. ADD. <laughs> <laughs> Clown cat. This is uh, why we have the outline. It, it says meow meow on the label. Yeah, I wasn't kidding when I said meow no, meow. No, you weren't. <laughs> when you said that you guys had a series of like cat inspired like beers, I, yeah, I couldn't so stop thinking about This was about, the like, first one um, in the cat series that that we've done. Um, but the second one is in the tanks right now. And uh, it's called Krampus Cat. Ooh. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's going to yeah. be all like Krampus out with like the giant sack and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, but he's got kittens instead of children in his sack. Oh, that's awesome. You're like, are you the crazy cat lady of the craft beer community? No, no. No. I mean, I do have a cat. She might make an appearance at some point. I don't know where she is right now, but uh, I have a cat and I have a dog. Um, So when I saw the text that you had, like, like the cat was kind of like a theme. I was like, think of the crazy cat lady from the Simpsons who just keeps chucking cats. (laughs) Well, okay. So it's not me. However, so where the brewery is located has a very large uh, Russian and Ukrainian population. And um, there is a woman who is very much the what you would envision in your mind as um, an Eastern European grandmother. Oh, babushka. Um, a babushka, yep. Um, who used to feed the cats and then she got tired of feeding the cats. So one day she came over and she just shoved cat food in at Sean and said, you feed the cats. And Sean was like, I don't want to feed the cats. <laughs> You're the job now. So, yeah. So we're also beside an adult daycare center. <laughs> we're at like the weirdest location. Uh, we have an adult daycare center beside us. Can and those yep. cats hang out underneath the ramp to go in and out of the adult daycare center. And then you see, um, these older people that try to pet these cats and these cats are like, uh, no, 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 I, I want nothing to do with you. you. So we have, we've got all sorts of oh. weird things. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. Well, that might so, be a yeah. reason why the cats are there. Oh, I don't yeah. want to think about that. That's not, that's not fun. Sometimes uh, they circle in the parking lot. Oh, that's, at, that's, even, like, worse. that's even worse. I know. Oh my I God, know. death, is, day, death, thought, death is upon us. To, yeah, I thought they were going to try to attack me before I got in my car. <laughs> so I have a convertible and I refuse to leave the top down in the summertime when I get to work because I don't want to accidentally take a cat home with me. First of all, I don't really want like the potential fleas in my car, but also I just don't really want to take a wild feral cat home with me. I feel like we missed out on We only saw one cat, I think, when we were there. Two. I think we saw two. Really? Dude, yeah, you might sometimes have there's like cat. six of them. Is it they like, start circling, they start snapping like, they do. They're, they're like yeah. the, the jets and the, what is it? The jets and the sharks? Is it like the, when they yeah. say like you go hiking and you, like, you see one rattlesnake, there's like six of them you don't see? <laughs> yeah, they're sometimes lurking in the bushes or the I weeds. I think you're thinking or, of raptors. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Raptors. If you see a yeah. raptor, there's probably vultures. four more hunting you. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that was that. You see a vulture circling overhead, you're doomed. <laughs> Anyway, so this beer. Yeah. So, yeah, we've talked nothing about this beer. Um, Great mouthfeel. It's really smooth. Um, I mean, I I think it's nailing the New England England flavor. I'm getting a nice mellow citrusy. It's not overly bitter. Yeah. Um, I'm really getting almost zero bitterness from it. 
Yeah, not too much. Like a little bit left on the palate after if I take a sip and we kind of start talking about cats again and I forget <laughs> to go back and take another sip. Just, you know, I get a little bit of like that bitterness on the back end. I think a lot of the uh, the Sabro is really shining through on this one. Um, I'm getting I'm getting crazy tangerine flavors. Yeah, it's taking the lead. Yeah. Yeah. I do like. Yeah, and I actually increased the amount of Sabro. Um, I was going to do a 50 50 split between Sabro and Citra, and I actually increased the amount of Sabro in this uh, after the first dry hop. Um, so, hmm. yeah. Nice. I, I like it. It's different because a lot of people go always go like Citra heavy on uh, New England IPAs, and this like definitely had like a different taste to it, and that really adds to like the amount more, I guess the greater amount of Sabro in this for me. So, um, yeah, no, I, I like this easy drinker 6.6%. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to kill you if you have four to eight of these. Um, yeah, it's smooth in the mouthfeel, but it's like not too heavy too, which is nice. It's a little like mm. still like nice and light, which I enjoy. It's fluffy. Yeah. It's, got, fluffy. <laughs> it's got, it's got like a, it's definitely got a certain juiciness to it that, you comes to expect with the New England. Nothing fluffy about this cat on his this no. can though. No, no, <laughs> no. It was an angry. I'm like fluffy, plant. like this cat. No, it's staring into my soul. <laughs> I know, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, you kind of like it though. I yeah, do. the cat on the cat on this can has been judging me while I drink this beer. <laughs> yeah, oh, time. it's totally judging. So, uh, what what was the uh, the thought process behind doing the uh, the hop combination? Um. So I really wanted to brew with Sabro and um, because Sabro, I think, can be kind of polarizing for some people, um, depending upon whether or not you like that prominent coconut flavor, uh, I wanted to complement it with something that would play into the coconut fruit factor, but not necessarily bolster it um, because I didn't want it to taste like you were drinking suntan lotion. Which, uh, if you've ever had a beer that is done with predominantly Sabro or done in a combination with other things that really uh, emphasizes the Sabro, it does kind of have a tendency to taste like suntan lotion. So (laughs) I wanted something that would that would complement it, but um, but give some depth to it. Uh, So that was where I came up with um, the Citra combination. I wanted some of that citrus pith in there too. Yeah. I think it's a good combination. Works well together. I, I we have, we don't ever get too much with Sabro on this uh, on we the ha- podcast. Yeah. Not on the podcast. We haven't. Um, that's why I was really interested in this when I saw the description and Sabro was kind of listed first. Yeah. Like Sabro and Citra. I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That, that's, it's usually the other way around with almost every brewery. When like you see Sabro being added, it's always like kind of added in there. Like not predominantly. And yeah. like you said, there's a reason you get a little bit of that suntan lotion taste to it. I think the citrus in the citra really plays well with it. Uh, it's nice. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Adds to the tropical uh, description that you kind of gave right here. Yeah. Thank you. So Hannah, how did you get into brewing? Oh, uh, right place, right time. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I started home brewing um, as you know, many professional brewers do, they start on a homebrew level. Um, I started doing that on and off when I was in college. Um, did it a few times after college. And then um, 
my now husband, uh, we were actually roommates first, even though we have known each other since college. Um, I moved in as a roommate um, eight years ago, actually almost exactly eight years ago. Um, we started homebrewing. We had each homebrewed individually with other groups of friends and decided, eh, you know, let's do this. Um, and yeah, we started homebrewing a little bit more frequently. Uh, I started working at Keystone Homebrew Supply in Montgomeryville. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Which is actually a really, uh, great starting point for a lot of people that have made the jump to professional brewing now. Um, I could probably list, I don't know, six or eight people that are somewhere in the craft beverage industry, um, if not more, that got their start at Keystone. So um, that's pretty cool. So I started working there. And then um, John Stemler, who uh, is affiliated with Free Will uh, Brewing Company, um, also worked at Keystone prior to me working there. And uh, he and I got to know each other and he said, hey, you want to come work for me? doing some like part-time bartending. And this was before actually the law had changed. So at that point, breweries with um, licensing, uh, much of which most breweries do unless they're a group of, uh, couldn't sell pints for consumption on premise. So uh, bartending was a lot different back then. Um, oh, wow. You could give out samples um, and you could sell product to go, but you couldn't sell any beer for consumption on premise. So um, that changed in 2014. Um, yep. 2000. Yeah. I think 2014. Um, so I started working at, at free will part-time and I was working at Keystone full-time and I did that for 18 months. And for 18 months, I bugged the shit out of John and Dom to hire me full-time <laughs> and then they did. Um, and John called me one day and was like, Hey, you want to come be my brewer? And I was like, what? Like, like, <laughs> Getting called up to the sure? majors. <laughs> yeah, really. I was like, are you sure about that? Like me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you. Um, so yeah, I started full time at Free Will in July of 2015. So a little over five years I've been brewing professionally. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, it's such a crazy degree. And like we talked about this uh actually coming up to your brewery with uh, regards to free will, just the whole like six degrees of Kevin Bacon with free will that this mm -hmm. podcast has experienced. It's like everybody has either worked or had some sort of interaction with um, free will. I mean, yeah. starting oh, yeah. with our, yeah. uh, our very first brewer that we had on. Yeah. Ethan. Oh, Ethan. So Ethan was the head brewer. Uh, nope. I lied. Ethan was not, Ethan was the head brewer when I started there full time. Uh, Ethan came on board um, after I was already, after I was already there. Uh, but yeah, there was a different head for that. Yeah. I feel yeah. like everybody we've talked to has like some kind of connection to some sort of connection with free, free will. will, which yeah, they've had such a, like a strong influence with craft beer over and the it, last, like I would. Yeah. Even, and we talked about how like underrated they are. They're like kind of like under the radar because it became, you know, the craft beer world has become such like a, like a hype space. Yeah. Like, they don't call them hype mm -hmm. beers anymore and everything. It's like, and like, they still are just putting out bangers up there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so I think part of it is, um, a lot of the breweries that started in that like 2010 to like 2014, 15 range, 
yeah. all started right before you could do beers for consumption on premise. So that's number one. Number two, the business model was completely different. Um, breweries started as uh, production breweries. They wanted to do distribution because that was the only way they could get their beer out there. Yeah. Um, and that was also before canning became financially feasible for most breweries to do. Um, so breweries that started 2015 and after uh, definitely were able to capitalize more on that quote unquote hype train um, much more easily than some of those other breweries. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. So like I mentioned, you had, uh, oh. I, 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 I scoped your, your interview with breweries in PA and uh, the one thing that stuck out to me um, was that uh, is this is what you have highlighted. Right? I, yeah. That you, you mentioned uh lion's head on your, in your, uh-huh. uh, Fuck yeah. Yeah. And we have, uh, we've talked about lion's head. I, I would a say special place ad nauseum ad nauseum on this podcast. It's a, it, it, it's a beer oh, yeah. that has like such a special place in our hearts. I know oh, I, I get this warm, fuzzy feeling every time. I remember when we found it on my bachelor party. Yeah. And we were like bought so many cases beers <laughs> were like we don't we don't drink this anymore man. We need to get more of this. <laughs> my my heart started beating a little bit faster. If you start talking about Lion's Head or Jenny Cream, my heart beats a lot faster. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get to that too. Um yeah. But yeah, Lion's Head, we've talked about lager. Um it's like a pretty straightforward lager. Um which Hold up one second though. It's got to be bottles, not cans. Oh. Why would anybody buy cans of why lion's would head? Anybody why buy would cans you of even why would you even bring up the cans? I wasn't going to bring up the cans. No, I don't okay. think I I've ever drank a can of lion's head. If you guys said that there was something wrong with the bottles, I'd be like, I'm shutting this down now. Bye. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing I enjoy more <laughs> than peeling a lion's head like label off and seeing a Budweiser label under it. <laughs> All right. Nothing warms my heart more than drinking a beer and peeling the sticker off of it and seeing another brand under it because they recycled it. <laughs> it's like, uh, like if you said that you prefer the lion's head cans over the bottles, that would be like you telling me like that you steal from like, uh, the salvation army at Christmas time. Yeah. yeah. That would be the sticky bandits. Real. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And unicorns don't exist. Like you would just, yeah, no. Why would anybody say that? It, it just, it, it boggles the mind why anyone would drink uh, a non-bottled lion's head. It's mind bottling. Yes. Wow. Can I tell you why I love lion's head so much? Why? Because for like $12, you get 24 beers and 24 puzzles. And it's like, it's- that appeals to me hardcore. Like I have major ADD, like you got to keep my attention. So like, give me some, give me some puzzles, man. I'm good at that shit. I have a funny story about Lions Head actually and solving puzzles. And they're, they're, some of them are difficult puzzles. Some of them are. Remember Even when they started cheat. putting them on a website? Cheat. Like later yeah. on, they started putting them on a website if you couldn't figure it out. Well, that's just cheating. Yeah. I was at a party and I was I've like, I can't, never gone to that website. I can't, I can't get this one. And then somebody was like, you know, they have it on a website, right? And I went, what? <laughs> Why would I ever visit that place? Um, How dare you? But Do you it, want to hear my story? Yes, about absolutely. Yeah, go on. I want to hear this. Um, okay. So this story takes place during Philly Beer Week 2015. Yep, 2015. Um, it's a Monday. And really this painting is before, a picture here. Yeah, this like is before it. I was working full-time at Freewell. So I uh, used to have off 
every other Monday um, from Keystone. So it was the first Monday of Philly Beer Week. And one of my friends said, why don't you come down to the city? Um, I'm competing in the Extreme Homebrew competition at Jose Pasola's, which is sponsored by Dogfish Head. Oh, um, Extreme Homebrew. Yeah. I so feel like that's like, it's that, just like an extra large vert ramp that they're like distilling yeah. or there's an fermenting on. obstacle course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Or like everything's high octane or like <laughs> spicy or has weird ingredients in it. Yeah. It contains Doritos as an ingredient. Yeah. Extreme. That's not even weird anymore. It's hard to be extreme now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so, um, this also is the same day that I woke up then the next day wondering why my arm hurt. And then I realized that I got a tattoo. So, um, uh, the classic tattoo story. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so, uh, my friend Joe and I ended up at tattooed moms, um, down on South street. And, uh, we, I saw they had lion's head and I was like, uh, yes, we're going to get a round of those. So we got a round of those and a shot of Jameson. As you and, do. Uh, As the city, a proper citywide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ish, but yeah, it's, 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 it's close a, enough. That's a good it, it city. Falls, wide. It falls into the, yeah. the right realm. So I said, all right, Joe, if I can solve my puzzle and your puzzle before you can solve yours, you owe me another shot of Jameson. He's like, all right. So naturally I did. Um, so now I'm Not two shots of Jameson in. Strong flex. Mm-hmm. So, um, we do this again. We order another round. We still haven't finished our first round of blind head, but like, you know, they get down pretty quickly. So we're consuming them. I solved his puzzles again. So now he owes me another shot of Jameson. Now other people at the bar, cause we're like carrying on and laughing and like making fun. Mostly I'm making fun of him, but, um, people around us start realizing like, Oh, these people look fun. What, like, what are they doing? So they start paying attention. So then I started betting everybody around the bar. If I can solve your puzzle, your puzzle, your puzzle before you can solve yours. You owe me a shot of Jameson. I don't really know why I thought that that was a good prize because it really just resulted in a horrible hangover the next day. Um, but also turns out I'm real fucking good at solving lion's head puzzles. <laughs> I was thinking like, she's like the, a beautiful mind of like, <laughs> of lion's head puzzle. She's just over there. Just, I like that. Neither one of you had anything to say about that. Like, you're just like, mm, all right. No, that seems perfectly sure. normal. You, yeah. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I feel like after more lion's head, I get better at the puzzles. I feel like it's like, yeah. it's brain fuel. It's like darts. It's like, yeah. It's like darts. It's like, I always get better at darts. <laughs> or beer pong is what I was going to say. Yeah. Like one or two beers then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm better than I was. <laughs> so what tattoo did you wake up with? Oh, it's a shamrock on the Ooh, inside of my arm. Oh my God. You had the most South Philly night of anyone <laughs> in the city that night. Oh, except that I got the tattoo in Old City. But then no, that's, but it doesn't matter. You still, you, oh, you, yeah. pa- you pounded lion's head and JMO and got blackout and then decided you wanted a shamrock <laughs> tattoo. If yeah, that doesn't scream South Philly, I, also, I don't know what does. I also missed my train home that night and just keeps um, going. Yeah. Andrew had to come pick me up and it was one thirty in the morning and he was not very thrilled with me. Well, you have a bandage night. on your arm. <laughs> Andrew, come get me. I'm hammered. Uh, I've been drinking lion's head all night. I think I got a tattoo. I don't know. I think uh, I was thinking of a shamrock. It's dedicated to my grandma. Uh, <laughs> to my grandfather, it was. Was it really? Yeah, he had just passed away. 
Oh, grand, oh, grandfather. I said grandmother. I was close. I was I close. Mean, yeah, very I was close. pretty close. So. The South yeah. Philly accent was spot on, though, right? Tom. Congrats. That was good. <laughs> that was good. You will get some water, Royce? Yeah, you got you to gotta come quick. I can't hold the phone this much. I got a prima hoagie in my other hand. I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're thinking about going over to Lorenzo's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> quick. Pronounce Passyunk. Passyunk. Did, did you know that the South Philly accent, but Philly in general, but South Philly accent is like one of the hardest accents in the world to do to replicate. Tom, spot on. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I gotta I'm giving give you props. I mean, it, I don't know if it's the South Philly tuxedo you're wearing uh, right now it, or it's seeping into my it's seeping into my veins. It's becoming like the symbiote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm becoming South Philly Venom. You, you smell like olive oil and chicken and beets. <laughs> That's olive oil and crab fries. Oh, God. Yeah, $16. You get in a Phillies game. It's just standing room only, but it's all right. We can still get hammered the same way. <laughs> I'll do it all night. Oh, all right. Let's, uh, let's talk about this beer because it went down really yeah, oh, super yeah. easy, super fast. Um, this was really tasty. Uh, I really liked that you kind of went with heavy with a hop that nobody likes to kind of have as the majority hop in a New England IPA. It made it different, and it made it different for me. I was just I was enjoying I was enjoying having that like Sabro, but then having a little bit of Citra kind of mix in and. I was reading the description actually while I was laughing at your South Philly <laughs> accent. And, um, the, the thing that struck out to me was you, you put pina colada in the description, which it definitely has that, like the coconut from the Sabro. And they're like, like you said, I don't want to say it but like suntan lotion, but also like having that citrus in there definitely kind of gives me like that pina colada kind of taste to it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I actually really like this beer. Um, and you know, as much as I would love to just brew beers that I want to drink all day, I do brew for other people. So, yeah, um, we, but we, I actually, I, I thoroughly enjoy this beer and have plowed through my fair share of cans. We've so. definitely <laughs> learned. We've definitely learned mostly from Ethan uh, yelling at us that uh, you, you can't brew what you want. It's just, no. it doesn't, it doesn't work. No, and the brewers that like to stomp their feet and act like petulant children and say, I want to brew this beer. This is stupid. Okay, well, you're doing it. So just fucking embrace it. Grow up, right. embrace it, and have fun with it. It's all about perspective. Yeah. This brew, this beer also reminds me of like, it makes me think of like, so we're coming up on our one year anniversary of uh Yay, of happy this. anniversary. Yay. Us. Uh, we Yay. we almost made it. We got ten more episodes and then we're we're at one year. Um <clears throat> but it just reminds me of like how much things have changed since we started the podcast. Oh where, completely. Where it was like everything was like all hazy everything. Um, Hi. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like everything had to be hazy. Um, and then like every, that we, Hazy, I think boozy, high ABV, high ABV. That was the thing. Lactose. It, yeah. Lactose. Uh, I'm not big on the lactose. Well, so when we started the podcast, that's when like the lactose craze kind of yeah. was taken off. My stomach couldn't handle it. No, mm-hmm. no. Um, that was like a real quick turn for us. Like when the lactose IPA started coming out, we we're like, oh man, you're making an IPA with, milk sugar and lime and coconut and orange and 
oh man, this is, this sounds like interesting. Like, how could you do this? And, and it was glitter? like, yeah, it was like, oh, these taste pretty good. And then it was quickly like three episodes later, we we're like, oh, enough, enough. I was getting yeah. like a lactose intolerance from it. But it, it it's, yeah. it's crazy how like it, it went from like, if it wasn't high ABV, then it didn't, it was irrelevant to now, like everything's starting to skew like a lower ABV. Like you can have a double dry hop New England at 6.6%. You know, it, that's, that's perfectly acceptable now. It's the, I mean, it's, this is the way. We're a pro, yeah, this is the way. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, for a lot of my IPAs, I shoot to be in the 6% range. Um, I personally, I prefer to drink beers that are six and a half and under because just though I want more than one. I agree. Um, and despite the fact that I work in the beer industry and I just told you guys a bunch of drunk and asshole stories about myself, uh, I actually have a pretty low tolerance. Like it doesn't take me much to start feeling like, Ooh. um, so you know, I, I prefer personally to have beers for six and a half percent. So let's so, kick back. I don't think I'm alone beer. in that. <laughs> let's kick back one more beer and see what tattoo she gets after our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so again, you can't see it because I have three different layers on, but the inside of my right arm, or actually my right arm in general, is full of uh, random tattoos. So I think I have 14 tattoos and only two of them have been actually scheduled. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's a good way of doing it. Three of them. Three of them. My very first one was scheduled. Okay. Um... <clears throat> You're like I had cool. I had a question. <laughs> I was no, gonna no, say no. It, it's so different out here because I feel like <laughs> with like because we're kind of in the suburbs and all of our tattoo uh, places, it's like appointments. Yeah, oh yeah. There's like nowhere like you can just kind of walk in and yeah. just be like, uh, I feel inspired. Yeah. So <laughs> instead of instead of collecting like shot glasses or pint glasses or whatever when I go on vacation or travel, I get souvenir ink. So oh, that's um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of my tattoos have been gotten, um, in different States, cities or countries. I think so. the only, the only place I ever wanted to do that is, uh, Ocean I, city, Maryland. Yes. Ocean uh, city, Maryland. I was at, I was at, uh, <laughs> I was at secrets and, uh, I just was felt ju- inspired. Yeah. No, uh, I went to Ireland and I was like, I, I got, I, I mean, Irish I was like hammered the entire time that I was in like all two weeks. And I was just like, uh, Honestly, I'm surprised you didn't get one. Well, no, it, it, that was a, like a, a thing. Like uh, I was being financed during that. Uh, <laughs> um, and my financier, uh, there it is. My my financier, <laughs> AKA my mom uh, uh, during that trip was, uh, I was like, hey, can I get money? Cause I want to get, I wanted to get my family crest. It's a giant chess piece. And she was oh, like, yeah. she was like, no. Rad. <laughs> Just a hard no. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it was, I was like, yeah, no, but it's for the family. Yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm here and I just want to honor the family. I want to keep the family name going by having it all across my chest. It's going to look really awesome in Seattle. Uh, that was great. Great South Philly brought back right, right there. Like it? It, was, it was good. Yeah. It was good. It's a, it, it's back to my, my Delco days. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So let's get into another beer because we may do a third beer. We don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of want to talk about the third beer because I, I have a little, uh, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed yeah. it this weekend. Yeah. So, we, so we probably have to talk okay. about it. Yeah. So uh, this is a beer that um, I was a little um, skeptical. Yeah. So I'm not a big, <laughs> once I saw fruited, I, I'm not a big fruited sour person. I hear um, you. Um, 
and I, I don't know if that's just been sullied by the whole movement of that these uh, the the jiggle juice movement. Uh, the jiggle juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, this junk drink that they uh, pass off as beer um, has has happened, and you know you see like. Oh, it's a fruited sour. It's no, it's a, it's, it's, it's a juice. A, yeah. It's, it's an, it's a naked juice. It's one of those. Yeah. I, I think this one particularly piqued our interest and we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Just like the, there's some ingredients in here that are very interesting. I think right. they're going to lead to some good conversation. So we have had, uh, Dan and I were talking a bit, a little bit before we, we, uh, connected with you on here is, um, we've had one other sour, with milk sugar on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and we've had one outside of the podcast. We had an Aslan beer, which was honestly one of my favorite beers of the summer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm a bit conflicted because I'm just, I'm not really a fruited sour guy. Um, but, but at I the have, same time you've enjoyed them in the past. Yeah, I have had some that I've enjoyed. Um, plus I'm super, as soon as I saw that it was made with the Philly sour yeast, I was like, hell yes, I'm all on board now. Yeah, yeah, this this has gained a lot of hype uh, over the last couple months. So yeah, I'm excited so about this. let's crack yeah. into them, give them a pour, and then we can we can talk a little bit more about this. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll go through the description here. Uh, so this beer is called "Way to My Heart" um, by Naked Brewing Company. It's a fruited sour, cheesecake inspired sour ale with cherries, vanilla, and milk sugar. Collaboration with U Sciences and fermented with wild brew Philly sour yeast. Rich yet refreshing, tart yet approachable, with warm notes of creamy vanilla and sweet cherry. We definitely think this beer will have you saying, "This is the way to my heart." This is the way. This is the way. All right, and uh, and that description was brought to us by Hannah via uh, Untapped, and you can follow us on Untapped if you want to check out what beers we've been drinking. If you want to go visit Naked Brewing Company and see what beers we drank there. Uh, you can follow us on Untapped at Best Best Friends Pod at Best Best Friends P O D. We have four more to go, Hannah. Yeah, don't worry. Wonderful. That song will always remind me of the movie Blue Crush. By the way, Ooh. oh wow, oh, throwback. Yeah, really. Mm. All, right. All right, you Let's- guys don't know how old I am. But that might have just given way to it. <laughs> Pro- probably about the same age as us, around say, that age. Probably around there. Yeah. yeah. All See right. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh. Okay. Hannah, okay. okay I'm excited Hannah. about this. Yeah. All right. Daniel, you picked up some glassware for us here. I believe it's proper glassware. Yeah, I went with something a little stemmed, I figured. Um, oh. With a little bit of a, f- well, mine has a little bit more of a flu design yeah. here, so I figured it would get a lot more of the fruity notes. You went with it. I I gave you the tiku because because you just such a fruity fruity guy over there. There we go. Get all the. Can I just notes do one humble brag for one second? Please do. The head retention on these two beers has been fucking killer, and I'm pretty proud of that. Just as a side note. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, for a sour too, like it's pretty nice. Yeah, I, we didn't really talk about it much on the the last uh, beer, but I got solid lacing on that one. Yeah, um, yeah, head retention was great. Kept head all the way down. Um, signs of a good beer. We've talked about it. Definitely. All right, Daniel. Cheers, sir. Sancho. Hannah. Cheers. Sancho. 
It got real quiet because we're all drinking beer. And I think we're all really surprised by it. <laughs> except for me, I know what it tastes like. <laughs> except, except for Anna, she brewed it. I'm <clears throat> very surprised by this one. I thought you would be. I was waiting to hear. Not what, what I say. was expecting at all. Um, definitely more on the sour side, um, less on the milk sugary side. Um, in appearance, in flavor, it's not like, it's like you just did like a little like salt bay sprinkle of milk sugar in there. <laughs> That's nice. I like that little. Yeah. Um, no, it's very, very tart. Um, good cherry flavor. Um, I thought it was definitely going to be more on like the desserty side. You know, it's going to be more of that like mellow vanilla. Uh, you're going to like that milk sugar mouthfeel um it's definitely a little bit more crisp than i was expecting i'm liking that the vanilla really cuts the tart cherry on like the back end as i'm drinking it so like there i get a lot of the tart cherry upon like the first like part of the sip and then it is just nice like it mellows out so nicely on the palate and i think this is what we really liked about or what at least what i really liked about uh the other two fruited sours that I've enjoyed was the uh, Plumbus Rubus by Shaler. Yes. And the uh, Daddy Juice by Aslan. Can confirm. And it's that that use of milk sugar and it, at the right amount can cut down the sour and kind of make it just like a nice, smooth, all-around beer um, without not overpowering and taking away from the actual sour of the beer. Mm-hmm. So what was the uh, collaboration with University <laughs> of the Sciences? Um, yeah. So there's actually a really cool story behind this. Um, and I didn't want to sway you guys too much um, prior to you guys trying this beer. Uh, but there are two things in this world that are my favorite. Um, there are two. Th- well, I should say there's, Three things in this world that I love. There are two foods that are my favorite. Um, bubbles are my favorite thing in the whole entire world. Cheesecake is my second. <laughs> um, and then mashed potatoes are my third. Ooh, um, yeah. yeah, I'm a weirdo. But so cheesecake is, uh, it's my favorite food. It's my favorite dessert. Um, and cream ale as a style, as we know, uh, is my favorite style, which I think we're going to touch on in a little bit, but it plays into this story. So, uh, Matt Farber, Dr. Farber, uh, who runs the U sciences brewing program, um, is a friend of mine. Um, he's authored a book, which I carry in my backpack with me every single day. Um, but he's super, super, super knowledgeable and just a super rad dude. So a couple of years ago in one of his uh, cohorts that he had coming through, um, they culture yeast from like random places and then grow it and see if it's viable to be used in beer. And this particular strain was something that one of his students cultured from a dogwood tree in a cemetery in West Philadelphia. And they had never seen anything like this. So it is a clean yeast that Mm -hmm. is a lactic acid producing yeast, um, which is extremely unique. Um, It's 
pretty much the first of its kind to be cultured and propagated and then patented and sold on a commercial or homebrew scale, but on a commercial level. Yeah. Um, so it's extremely unique. So, um, so Matt one day sent me a text and he said, Hey, uh, I have a really good, bad idea, but I want it to be your good, bad idea. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And he goes, I want to do a cheesecake inspired cream ale using the Philly sour yeast. And I go, okay. And he goes, really? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I, I sort of said, I think Matt is, uh, much more of a traditional style person. I think he probably ideally did not want to use lactose, but I, from a recipe standpoint and knowing what to expect, um, knew that we would need to put some lactose in there, but I didn't want it to be overly lactose filled. <laughs> um, I didn't want people to get belly aches from, from drinking it. Um, yeah. and I didn't want to get that, that kind of weird mouthfeel that can sometimes happen if you use too much it's lactose. Like a, almost like too um, creamy. Yeah. So, and then I said, you know, I think this is a, a style that would benefit from also having fruit. Um, I'm a purist when it comes to cheesecake. Like the only thing that I might want on there is like some fresh fruit compote. But other than that, just give me my plain cheesecake. Um, but I feel like a lot of people really enjoy cherry cheesecake. Um, and so uh, Matt and Marissa, who also works in the youth sciences program, the three of us, uh, collaborated on this recipe and then they came and brewed it with me. Um, they also had two students come and brew it. And, um, I was so nervous going into that day, even though Matt is a good friend of mine and I, I probably text him once a week. Um, so it's not like, it's not like we have no, you know, friendship outside of brewing this beer. Like, I was so nervous because I just kept thinking, I don't want to be the example of what not to do in one of his classes, right? <laughs> You're coming in there so to like was, a classroom of people who are all eyes on you during the whole process yeah. too. You're yeah. brewing in like one of those rooms that like the, like the surgeries happen where all the students are like up in the <laughs> yeah. rafters, like watching down. I know. Well, because he said that he was going to record it and I was like, Oh God. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to um, use this as an example in class. It. No pressure. Yeah. So, um, but I came to find out partway through our brew day that I was actually the first person that he reached out to do um, an official like youth sciences collab. We were not the first brewery to use the Philly sour yeast, um, but I was the first person that he reached out to to actually do an official youth sciences collab that's where they cool. came and brewed. Yeah, and that's awesome. I was like, oh, really? Um and I, I've never I seen like, a Thank collab you for not telling me that prior to now. <laughs> I've never seen a collab with like a university before. So that, and like seeing that in the description, I, I knew it was going to be fun to talk about. And yeah, I, I feel like there is not, and like talking about this West Philly yeast, I talked to it about, uh, about it with Tom. There aren't enough fresh Prince of Bel-Air references for beers that are being made <laughs> with this. Every time somebody's like, yeah, we made with the Philly yeast. I was like, you had such a, you had such a good opportunity to yeah. make it West Philadelphia, born mm-hmm. and raised. Well, sorry that I let you down with the name <laughs> on this one. Um, oh, no, I mean, you the, guys had cheesecake this, and everything on the mind here. <laughs> yeah, that name. So I have a thing for uh, finding hidden hearts in the world, too. Um, 
And so cherries kind of look like hearts. And then also cheesecake is, you know, that's way to my heart. So that's where the name came from. Man, somebody, um, somebody should have made a, an IPA uh, with that and called it West Philadelphia born and hazed. Come on now. Come I, on. Like a sour, like a sour hazy IPA. Come on. Also, if you guys take a look at the can, um, if you take a look at the can art, the white, which is sort of actually like the is the Philadelphia um, skyline. It oh, is. Yeah. Look at yeah. that. And then um, another unofficial series that we have is the Spork series. So on uh, beers that are more of like a dessert style or influenced, um, there will be a Spork because Sporks are fucking funny. I like Sporks. Sporks always make me think of like late night Taco Bell runs. Oh, good. Yeah. Come on, Tom. <laughs> Tom, are you okay? I'm all right. I yeah, every, every time I see a spork, it's like always in the bag when I get like late night Taco Bell. Yeah. And I'm just like, would you would you like utensils? I'm like, yeah, sure. And it's just they say utensils plural, spork. but they're really just giving you one spork, but they know it has multiple uses. Which why don't more places do the spork? I don't know, but we now have a box of a thousand sporks at the brewery. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I also have two very long like nine inch size sporks that I used for a photo when we did the tiramisu beer a couple months ago with hitchhiker. Uh, Oh, you guys collabed with hitchhiker too? Fuck yeah, we did. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm actually going out there this weekend. So yeah, that is, uh, that's a hype beer right now in Pennsylvania. Now that they have some East coast uh, distribution. Yeah. So I've, uh, the head brewer for hitchhiker is one of my best friends. Um, Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, and I, so Derek and I used to brew together at free will. Um, he's been sort of my brewing mentor, another free will Kevin Bacon yep. experience right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's, like I said, he's one of my, one of my very, very, very best friends. Uh, so Derek's awesome. He came from green flash actually prior to being at free will. So he opened Green Flash, Virginia Beach, and then, of course, we all know what happened to Green Flash. So, actually, I don't know what happened to Green Flash. Oh, okay. So Green Flash um, in 2018. So they opened in Virginia Beach, I think, in 2017, maybe. Um, and then in 2018, uh, they went bankrupt. Um, oh, wow. They have been since. I don't know. They have, they have different financial backing, but they did close Virginia beach. They're still operational in San Diego, but it's not the same, uh, original owners. Um, and the location in Virginia beach is now new realm, which new realm is owned by Mitch Steele. Mitch Steele was one of the original, uh, brewmasters for stone. Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, little West meets East right there. Yeah. So, all right. So I, I know we, uh, I know that we, we hit on this a little bit at the beginning and, uh, you being a female doesn't make you a head brewer, but, uh, you're a head brewer that happens to be female. Um, so like, has your experience been any different being a female in a, in a predominantly male driven position? Um, so I'm going to give you a slight sassy answer back to that. And then I will actually answer what Please I think do. you're asking. Yeah, no, um, I want all the sass. The, 
The answer to that is, well, I don't know what it's like to be anything but a female in this industry. So, um, but I can tell you what my experience has been. (laughs) And I don't know if that differs from a male's other than I can tell you that with 99.9% certainty that yes, it does uh, differ from how men have it. Um, Yeah, it's, so I actually am uh, really big on doing DEI work, which stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I'm part of the uh, Brewers of Pennsylvania, which is our state brewers guild um, DNI committee. I'm also on the MBAA uh, DEI committee, which the MBAA is an international organization, um, stands for Master Brewers Association of the Americas, but it's it's international. Um, and uh, yeah, so diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, that, that work is super important to me. Um, being a woman in this industry uh, or a marginalized um, or underrepresented member of this industry definitely has its challenges. Um, I think 2020 has really put a spotlight on a lot of that um, without getting too much into, um, you know, the social things that are going on and political things that are going on in, mm-hmm. in our country right now. Um, I think we can all agree that it's time to wake the fuck up and people deserve to be treated as equals um, regardless of whether or not they are different from you or I, um, of course. And so that's the type of work that I'm pretty passionate about. Um, when I'm not brewing, uh, and even sometimes when I am, I'm sitting in on phone calls and zoom meetings and email chains and things like that, doing that kind of work. Um, there's a lot of work to be done, uh, not only in the beer industry, but you know, obviously in the world in general, but from the a beer community perspective, um, you know, it's one thing that I will, and I'm, I'll try not to be too much up on my soapbox, um, but one thing that uh, I can say is, you know, people always talk about diversity, 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 diversity. Well, mm-hmm. diversity is the result. Diversity is not the driver. Diversity is the result of promoting and actively uh engaging and um, being part of an initiative to create a more inclusive and equitable and just environment, which then leads to having a more diverse community. Um, And that isn't just in terms of inside production employees or front of house staff. That also goes for um, your consumers as well. So, um, you know, being a, being a woman is, I've had to fight a little bit harder. Um, I've had to prove myself more times than I would care to actually count. Um, but I think this industry is also just always promotes diver. I think it does promote a lot of diversity and a majority of the places, like, especially like you said, 2020 has been kind of a year for that, especially in the craft beer community. Like you look at the, the black is beautiful initiative and everything. Um, and all of that and just promoting like inclusion, diversity and things like that. Um, you know, coming right out of this community, 
I was interested to see or just even hear from like the female's perspective in craft beer being like the first thing that, um, you know, Tom and I looked at each other, we're like, I really want to know what it had, what it was like for Hannah in this industry. Because should it matter that you're a female who's also head brewer? No, No, it doesn't. Because in the end, it's what your, your, what you, what product you put out and it's beer. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it doesn't matter if it's brewed by a woman, a guy, a white guy, black guy, whoever, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it it's beer at the end. It's at the end of the, pro- it's the product. Um, yep. but we would be remiss if we didn't, you know, ask about your, your journey as a, as a female, because it's, you are a minority in this industry and absolutely. Um, absolutely. And uh, truth be told, when you asked that question or gave that introduction earlier, um, I it was just it was me just kind of sliding that in there. It wasn't yeah. me attacking you um, at all or or, um, you know, I struggled for a long time because I didn't want to be known as a female brewer. I wanted to just be known as a brewer that happened to be female um, or identified as female. And um that, and I still, I still sometimes struggle with that because at the same time, I'm like, well, I am a fucking woman and I'm fucking proud of it. Um, and I want to, um, embrace my femininity, you know, like I don't wear makeup at all ever when I'm at work, except for lipstick. Lipstick is always on. Um, hashtag lipstick brewer. That's my thing. Um, See, and that's one thing that Hannah and I have in common. You always wear lipstick too? Yeah, always. I, think, I, oh, I go, I go a little oh, bit more you're, natural. You're like the more nude yeah. phase right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm like bold, bright red, obnoxious <laughs> colors. Like my blend game is strong. <laughs> yeah. His uh, makeup tutorials. Uh, we'll send you a link after this. He's. Oh, uh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. I've got my ring light right here. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah. That's the one making Aww. him look like Nosferatu in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's, um, it is interesting. And, you know, I think, I think we are starting to see a shift in, um, the brewery workforce, um, in terms of becoming, split a little bit more closely to 50 feet. I mean, we are nowhere near that, but um, we are starting to see more women or uh, underrepresented, uh, underrepresented um, members of, of society being part of the craft beer industry. Um, and I think that that comes from several different ways. One, uh, I think the number, the sheer number of breweries in general, um, you know, people's exposure to craft gear is, is more commonplace. Um, you know, in most suburban regions, uh, you know, you don't have to drive very far to get to the closest brewery. Um, you know, I, yeah, especially in Southeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. I, I, I bought a house because of the proximity to a stick man. So. <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that definitely has an influence um, as more people become aware of it. Um, you know, it's the obviously awareness, but then also the number of jobs that are available, um, you know, it becomes something. Um, but something that to me is really cool is as we start seeing STEM based education become more commonplace. Um, and I'm talking from like kindergarten level. 
um, that introduces a whole new realm. Um, you know, I, I'm in my mid to late thirties and, uh, you know, when I was younger, it, I didn't know, um, let me, let me rephrase that. I knew because I was raised in a very, uh, open family, um, where, you know, I was always encouraged to pursue whatever I wanted. My mom, uh, worked in a very male dominated industry and my dad kissed our boo-boos just as much as my mom. So it was a very 50, 50 split family. But, um, in a lot of my other interactions with friends and their parents and school and, you know, Girl Scouts and soccer and whatever it was, women were sort of thought to do, you went to college because again, that's our generation. You had to go to college. You had to go to college. Um, you go to college, you become a teacher, you become a nurse, maybe, uh, a therapist of some sort, but you certainly didn't go into engineering. You didn't go into the trades, um, you, as you a ha- woman. You have, and, to, you have to take home ec in high school. Yeah. So you know how to be a proper housewife. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, a, it's so, so funny because we, I was actually just talking about this with, uh, with my family of that, uh, that home ec is still a thing this mm-hmm. day and age. It's like, People, you know, you can't, you can't have, uh, finance classes in high schools, but you have to have home ec, you know? Yeah. Make sure you know how right. to make cook, banana bread. Yeah. <laughs> cook, cook desserts and fold laundry. Cause yeah. it's, a, it's Which important are important thing. life skills. And I, I don't take away, um, I want to make sure that I, I am not minimizing anybody that does choose to be a stay at home parent or spouse, um, as long as that is your choice and you are happy with that choice, I fully embrace that. Um, if it is something that you feel you're being pressured into, um, like fuck societal norms, uh, I have long taken that stance of fuck societal norms. Um, I will buck every single fucking one of them. Um, don't tell me that I can't do something. Don't tell me that I should do something just because society dictates that that's the way it historically has been. It will be my choice if I want to do that or if I choose to proceed that way, but don't make me feel guilty or pressured into doing something because I'll fight you 10 times harder. <laughs> Damn. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to just say you go girl, but I, I didn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> I mean, I was let out of hell yeah there for a second. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like two snaps in it. With yeah. It? Like no, can- I, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, so like, you know, at the beginning of the podcast when you, you, you came at us with the, you know, you're a head brewer that it, I, I got a little, I got a little fluster cause I was like, I, no, we share that opinion. I just don't want to offend you like right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel Listen, like it's nothing but love. It's nothing but love. I feel like most people in like in the craft beer community share that opinion. But, you know, as we saw with, you know, like the black is beautiful line. Yeah. That there's a it lot became of, divisive. There's a lot of dickheads out there. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. shitty people in craft yeah. beer. Yeah, definitely. And they yeah. showed their, they showed their colors during that, yep. you know, it's. Yeah. I mean, and it also came out at a time where people were, you know, there, you know, people in craft beer were showing their colors right there. And like, I, I got to give kudos to breweries and PA as like a, as a media, I would say as a media outlet for craft mm-hmm. beer in Pennsylvania. Um, oh yeah, they definitely are. They, 
they definitely they definitely took a stand against those people who sat there like they were promoting I mean, obviously, they had their black is beautiful glasses. We have the black is beautiful glasses right here. Uh, we yep. were we we dove headfirst. This was something that I personally wanted to have on the podcast as soon as it yeah, started. Absolutely. I said we have to have more black is beautiful beers on this podcast. And when we talked with breweries in PA and just all the coverage, they were getting so much backlash from you know people in Pennsylvania. You know, why are you guys supporting this? And it's. Mm-hmm. It was so just. It's fucking sad. It's yeah. It, it it was just sad to see that in craft beer because I always thought of the craft beer community as and just craft beer in general just brings people together. Like it's all about embracing the art of craft beer, getting all your friends around like an awesome four pack that you just got, and you're just like, hey guys, mm-hmm. I just I just like cop this amazing IPA. Why don't you guys sit around? We're gonna pour some of this out for everybody. Let everybody try it. Yeah, I mean, we've long said that craft beer is all inclusive. You know, it's for everybody. There's no, yeah. no, you know, limitations on it. Um, you know, we've had guests on that, like people of color, that have told us like they've got, you know, they've shared stories with us that like, you know, they've been told like, oh, you know, people of your race aren't supposed to like craft beer. And it's like that's such bullshit. And the service they've gotten at, yeah, and it and it's upsetting hearing some of the craft breweries that we know around here. Yeah not giving yeah. them the same level of service that we've come to, you know, we've come to expect from them. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's one thing to say that beer is inclusive and it is for everyone. And I think we all share that sentiment. Um, it's one thing to say that, and it's another thing to actually break down the barriers and remove the obstacles in order for those people to have access to that. Um, and I think, So that's part of the work that I do, especially with the MBAA, um, is we're talking about how to create more of a mentorship program. Um, Garrett Oliver, who, uh, you know, you guys have a Brooklyn Brewery sign in the back. So Garrett Oliver uh, is an amazing individual. To listen to him speak (laughs) is just captivating. Um, Right after I joined the uh, DEI task force, the MBAA uh, World Brewing Congress happened and we put on a Saturday morning seminar and our three speakers were Garrett Oliver, uh, Dr. J, um, which if you guys are familiar with um, their work, Dr. J is... uh, (laughs) You know, a I have a pulse DI. and I'm, I'm in, Phil- I have a pulse and I'm in Philadelphia. I knew we, we know who <laughs> Dr. J is. Okay. Well, not basketball. Oh, Dr. J. Yeah. I was, no. was, was going to let her keep going because I'm like, is this Dr. J? Like the Dr. No. J shot? There's another Dr. <laughs> yeah. J going by Dr. J. I yeah. So, so they are, um, a, uh, huge proponent. Um, they are a ambassador for the, uh, Brewers Association, DEI, um, speaks all over the country, uh, professor, uh, very, very knowledgeable, uh, crafted for all is the organization that they run. And it is amazing. Um, I highly recommend checking it out. If you are really, 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 truly interested in learning more about doing DEI work, uh, check out crafted for all. And that goes towards anybody that's listening to this, um, but especially if you are a professional within the industry and are looking to create a more uh, diverse and inclusive environment within your home organization, um, check out Crafted for All. 
Uh, and then Shyla Shepard was the third one and she runs, uh, Broken Arrow, Bow and Arrow, Bow and Arrow, uh, which is in New Mexico. Um, so those were the three speakers and, um, all had really cool things to say. I've listened to Dr. J multiple times. She spoke at, or they spoke at, uh, CBC, um, they helped create uh, the structure and framework for the Brewers of Pennsylvania uh, DNI committee. Um, just amazing individual. Uh, oh, but Garrett Oliver really breaks it down and says um, it is hugely important to recognize that there are barriers that prevent people from even having exposure to the craft beer industry. And how do we? break down those barriers because it's, it's not having a hip hop night in your tap room. Um, it's not, uh, reaching out to your local, um, pick an organization and saying, Oh, come do a pop-up event at our tap room. It is so much more than that. It's when you have people come into your tap room that are potentially different than the people that maybe own the brewery, or are in charge of the brewery or in, in positions of leadership or power. It's making people that don't look like you or aren't you feel comfortable within your tap room. Um, and that's the the tricky part that I think a lot of people really struggle with, um, myself included. Um, and, you know, DEI work is not easy. It's thankless. It is really, really hard. It's heart-wrenching some days. Um, but you got to get uncomfortable. You got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because um, the work is not comfortable. Uh, but that's how ch- that's where change happens is yeah. in that that zone of not being comfortable. That's where real change happens. And you're going to fuck up. I'm going to fuck up. I have fucked up. Um, but recognizing that, learning from it and saying, OK, we can do better and moving forward. That's where that change happens. So, yeah. Boom. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my Ted talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's awesome to hear because, you know, we, we had a lot of episodes, you know, over the summer, you know, you know, c- coming back to the black is beautiful and, you know, getting this is just another fresh perspective for us. And, you know, hearing that it's not all about just like, you know, the pop-ups or like you said, the hip hop nights, which, Every night at Root Down in Phoenixville is a hip hop night. If you've ever been there, they spend. Oh, absolutely! And I love I love Root Down, and that's not <laughs> me throwing shade at anybody. That oh no, I was just saying every night's there. <laughs> it's yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, or Kung Fu Movie Night. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's you know it's more about you know um, you know not just like inclusion within the actual um, I say I guess within the actual breweries you know, um, employees and everything, but also, you know, making sure that people are walking through the door are treated exactly like your typical everyday guy, your, your norm from cheers that always comes in. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so hugely important. Um, and I think that the, the basis for a lot of this is through education. Um, and that education doesn't have to be in, you know, a formalized setting. It could be things like this, listening to a podcast, um, listening, learning, and, you know, continuing to listen and learn. (laughs) Um, and I, you know, one of the things that, that I think 
um, I try really hard to do is to not be super preachy, which I might, I might be sounding a little bit hypocritical because some of this might have sounded like I was being preachy, but I really am not. Um, and I think it's, you know, when somebody says something in my presence that is condescending, sexist or misogynistic, um, there is a, a right way to approach that um, and come at it from an educational standpoint where it doesn't automatically put that person on the defense because once somebody goes into a defensive mode, they shut down and they're not going to listen to you. And then, you know what I am? I'm just the angry white female that's banging on her feminist tampon going, yeah, I'm woman, hear me roar. Nah, like, I mean, yes, I am, but like also, no, like we can have a conversation about this, you know? Uh, so yeah, <laughs> there's two things this podcast likes to promote. It's diversity and track suits. So yeah. And track, well, su- track suit education, track suit, but I do enjoy them. I know. I feel like I have to buy one now. That you way you guys are missing out. This is that way we can recreate infinitely the, comfortable. Uh, the music video I, for corn's got the life. I do have a lot of jumpsuits. I'm a big fan of jumpsuits. Um, I have a gold cape. I have a gold sequin leotard that I wore when I arm wrestled. Oh, oh. man. There's so many layers to you, Hannah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, oh, You're man. like Shrek, like an onion. I know. I feel like we need to talk about this beer, <laughs> get to the other beer, and yeah. start peeling back some of these layers here. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, so, yeah, beer. Uh, <laughs> Hopping back over to this beer. Um, I think... I definitely looked at Tom when I took my first sip here, knowing that he was going to be pleasantly surprised by this coming from a guy who doesn't actively search out the fruited sours. I knew that as soon as the first sip, I was like, he's going to enjoy this beer. I was really interested to to hear your reactions. It was, um, I mean, it's as it's gotten, you know, we've talked about it. Uh, you know, the, the beer journey, (laughs) uh, we like to talk about the, uh, you know, as a beer kind of mellows out, gets more skews more towards room temperature. It's not like cold and crisp right out of the fridge. Um, it's definitely sweetened up a little bit. Um, it's still tart, but it's kind of got more of a, a, like a a sweet. Yeah. I think the vanilla definitely comes out more as it gets warmer. Yeah. Mm Um, uh, a little bit smoother. Yeah, Um, I would agree. Uh, you know, first out of the can, it was like a little bit, you know, more carbonated than I was expecting. Um, it had that like crisp bite to it, but now it's like kind of mellowed out um, to that. Like, I, I think it is just like that mix, of like the perfect mix of cherry and vanilla because they just they play so well together. Yeah, they are like the tart up front and just like the finish having that like vanilla with mixed with like just the subtle mouthfeel of the milk sugar, just giving a nice like creamy, almost a little bit of cream on your palate there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also uh plate totes and yeah, plate totes in this. And to think about that. That would um, add to the mouthfeel, definitely. Yeah, there's some plate totes. Uh there's also flake flaked corn, uh, because we had to bring in that cream ale component. Uh so it's Pilsner Pilsner flaked corn, uh, which is the basis for pretty much any cream ale recipe. Um flake totes. Uh, and then Cara Brown, which, uh, Cara Brown, so I really wanted to impart like that graham cracker crust component to a cheesecake. Mm -hmm. So Cara Brown imparts that, that flavor. 
Just like a little bit of seasoning to that, to that a little bit, just to give it that graham cracker. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Bree Smalting company was kind enough to donate that bag of, uh, Caribram. So, so what was your experience with the, uh, the sour yeast? Yeah. So that's pretty, it was pretty gnarly. Um, so having come from free will, uh, I worked a lot in the sour cellar there. Um, I was great. Sour program the, there. The, yeah. Uh, really good sour program. Um, something I'm, I'm really, really proud of my tenure there is, uh, some of the beers that we turned out, um, some of the blends that, that I did. Um, so having come from a background with a really, uh, strong knowledge of, of sours and blending and like traditional Belgian style, European style sours, um, moving away from that and doing, uh, like these new age sours, um, has, it's actually been kind of fun because it's a whole different way to be creative. Um, so it's getting a little to bit use faster too. Is just, yeah. what was that? It's a little bit faster too, with these new age sours to make them. And it get is. Them out there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So the, the yeast for, uh, the Philly sour, and, um, I had a, a heads up on this, uh, takes a little bit longer to ferment. Um, so a lot of the sours that you see, uh, released on the market, um, even like our covet series, which is, um, our fruited sour series, uh, employs, um, lactobacillus, uh, mm-hmm. where it gets soured and then it gets boiled and then it gets fermented with clean yeast. So none of that bacteria is actually, uh, being transferred, excuse me, outside of your souring vessel. Um, way to my heart is just something that's so completely different because that yeast is a lactic acid producing clean yeast. Like it just, I had never heard of anything like this before because honestly it didn't really exist in the brewing world until this yeast. So um, initially it produces uh, lactic acid at a much quicker rate than what it produces ethanol, um, which is so. Uh, it was slower to ferment, but that pH dropped very quickly. I mean, within the first 24 hours, my pH was down at 3.3, which is really low um, for for beer. Um, and it that's that's where it stayed. So, um, and eventually, then it really started to kick in fermentation. But it took a little bit longer than. Uh, doing a, um, quote unquote kettle sour, uh, way, but, um, but it also, there's, I would say there's pros and cons to using this yeast. Um, you know, it's, it's still so new that, uh, I think not enough experiments have been done, uh, and large scale commercial batches have been done using different malts even. Um, I don't know what it would do with, uh, like if you wanted to produce, like a, a darker sour. Um, oh, like I don't know how that would interact with that. Like a um, sour brown ale or something like. Yeah. Yeah. So if you wanted to do almost like an Ode Brune style um, or like a, you know. Free Will does that. They did like a sour Oak Age, like brown ale. Yeah. Ollie. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. I was part of that blend for sure. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was part of that. Just, just, 
<laughs> so you know, um, has been flexing yeah. this entire episode. Dan, you, <laughs> Dan, you know, I got muscles, man. <laughs> also, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta celebrate your accomplishments because if you, if you don't, nobody else will do it for you. You know, like that's something that I'm learning. Yeah. Uh, you know, you gotta be confident and know, know where your strengths are, know what you've done and be fucking proud of it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, we always say we're the best mediocre podcast out yeah, there. Yeah. We, um, you know, we're the best yeah. podcast with just 400 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. But, but we love every well, one of those. We love every, followers. all 400 of you. Them. Um, don't leave us. Dan, <laughs> Dan, <laughs> Dan you, shoes off. Sorry. you know, you know, <laughs> why do you have shoes on? <laughs> Uh, I actually I bring. I actually come life. here in my pajamas so I can go to bed as soon as I leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dan's always know. jamming out. Yeah, um, got my got my track. I got my nice track pants on. <laughs> uh, Dan, you you know a little bit more about this yeast than I do, and we you know we've talked about it. Uh, we have a, a Pico Brewing buddy of yes. ours mm-hmm. that yes. uh, that has been doing a couple brews with this uh, with this yeast. And wh- where was it cultivated from? So she actually mentioned it um, earlier, I guess, from these dogwood trees, I guess. And it was a cemetery in West Philadelphia. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if this was the first brewery, but the first time I heard of it was Levante was using it. And they got it. Hmm. They, they got their hands on it and did a um, they were opening their I guess if the, the stables. They were opening like an Ambler location. I don't think it ever fully opened because of like everything that kind of went right. down. Um, but they were on draft had a sour IPA that was made with the West Philly yeast. Hmm. Hmm. The cool. first commercial brewery that I knew that used it was the Larimer. Um, oh, down. okay. Yeah. Cool. They were at like what, Chester, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yeah. right outside the, right the Subaru Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're on our radar. We're hoping to get them on here. Yeah, someday. Yeah. I can someday. put you in contact with Maddie. Dream big. Dream big. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not big enough. I wasn't on your dream list. Yeah. Oh, well, for sure. Oh, we're going to, we're going to talk you about. You were just, you were an easy get though. <laughs> we're like, gonna, you're like, Hey, you want to come on? You're like, sure. Yeah. We're going to talk about the, uh, the yeah. beer that we really geeked out over after, yeah. uh, after this here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it kind of lends to like one of our questions that we ask all our brewers is, uh, well, favorite style, we kind of answered that. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I think I've made that well well known. And we'll, so, talk about well, documented documented. we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it a little bit later here, too. Yeah. Okay. Next so, question. What you got next? <laughs> your favorite brewery that you've been to recently? Not like overall, like, this is my favorite. You Not know, be all end yeah. all, but like just something that you've been to recently where you were kind of wowed. Well, okay. So that's kind of an unfair question in the time of love and COVID. <laughs> how many breweries are you actually going to All right, right favorite, now? favorite brewery that was dropped off at your doorstep and or delivered to your house or curbside <laughs> pickup well i am currently wearing their hoodie uh forest of maine i fucking love forest of maine forest of maine that's um, an ambler right yeah so yeah. they were one of the first breweries i actually visited before i moved out here um they're in this really cool victorian house uh in ambler and um, Andrew, my now husband, but at the time, because we were just friends, excuse me, there was a whole group of us that came out and they took us there. And, uh, I walked in and they had a crab net 
on the wall. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Any brewery that has a cabinet on the wall is fucking legit in my book. And uh, that was kind of game over for me. I've been in love with them ever since. Um, I just love, I love their entire ethos. Um, I love their beers. I love their quirkiness. I love their artwork. Their label art is so cool. They have um, an artwork that reminds me of um, a, a really, what's the... Uh, the uh, Norwegian guys that were uh, we had from San Diego that we were talking McKellar. about. They have like a McKellar, like that real like simple but very like artful kind of style to them. It really reminds me of like McKellar a little bit. Yeah, I could see that in some regards, especially when they do some of, when Dan does some of the um, funny little people drawings. Yes, and like, yes. It was yeah, the, fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. the people and everything. Yeah. It reminds me of like McKellar a little bit. Like almost yeah, looks like a, Euro- Euro- like a European storybook. Um, yeah. They have a really yeah. good Saison program, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? so their two specialties are British styles and Saisons. Yeah. Um, so it's Dan and Jared, and Dan is much more the British, and Jared is much more the Saison. Um, and they have this beautiful just mix of things. Uh, it's just unfortunately the the uh, brew pub itself is not open to the public. They haven't been since uh, COVID hit. Um, I think they have opened their new space. They have a, another space next door that they took over about mm, two years ago maybe. Um, I think maybe they're opening that a few hours a week for takeout. Okay. Uh, but that is just, I mean, if they are doing that, that's only started within the last maybe two weeks. They've been doing curbside and delivery um, well, this entire time. Yeah, just um, to keep the lights I really going. miss sitting there because it's yeah. just such a cool environment. Uh, and it's just, they're fucking weird and I fucking love it. Like they're. I, the artwork they're just, definitely kind of lends to that too. It's it's weird, but it's just it's fun artwork that they have yeah. on there. I mean, you're you're not the first person that has said that Farsa Maine was their favorite brewery. No, yeah. so. no, we hear it, uh, we hear it often. Yeah, I I yeah. So I I love Farsa Maine. Um, if I had to branch outside of that, I love Love City. Um, they are in they're on Spring Garden uh, in Philly. Um, they are right behind Union Transfer Center, which is one of my favorite music venues in the city. Um, I've been there a few times. And yeah. Uh, so Love City is owned by Kevin and Melissa Walter. Uh, ironically enough, Kevin and I have known each other since sophomore year of college. Um, Kevin used to be a regional brewing manager for Iron Hill for many years. Um, and then uh, decided to open his own gig. Um, they are some of the nicest most genuine people you will ever meet. Uh, you want to talk about a brewery that is fully in the fucking trenches of promoting diversity, equity, inclusion, and do good, be good. Love City is a prime example. You can't have that. a name like that without being diverse and no. inclusive and yeah. everything right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just, they're such a good example of what I think a, every brewery should strive to be. Um, and I can't say enough good things about that. Their beer is so solid. Uh, they produce um, Love City Lager. It's just, they sell it in 12 and 16 ounce cans. It just, it's a solid lager. Speaking um, our language over here. Yeah. Can't have a good brewery without a good lagering program. Just. I mean, I think that uh, current 
current trends would tell you otherwise, but yes, I don't disagree with you. I'm just yeah. saying. Yes, current trends, current but trends. but current trends are mostly set by neck neckbeards that live in their mother's basement. So uh you know. That's fair. That's fair. Um saying so, gang. What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so um and then last, what's like, what's your favorite beer that you've had? Like, let's not say your favorite beer, but like, what's the beer that you've had recently? You were like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. I was you guys absolutely nailed it. blown away by a beer from Smog City. Um, it was boysenberry and lavender. It was oh. a sour ale aged in white wine barrels uh, with boysenberries and lavender. And it's one of the most beautiful beers I have had in a very long time. Uh, so Smog City, I think, is in Temecula, California. I know they're in California. I'm all of a sudden drawing a blank on where, though. Oh, no, they are in... Uh, I'll think of it then. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Sounds super was, interesting. Lavender. Yeah, was, the lavender part yeah. really uh, stuck out to me right there. Yeah, it was one of the most beautiful beers I've had in a really long time. Um, it was just... It was phenomenal. All right, Dan. So. We uh, we doing this? Is this? Are we? Are we? We diving into it? Yeah, California. You got it right. Yeah, where are like uh, Glendora. Okay. I don't know, California. Yeah, <laughs> I think oh. they're. I think they're not far outside of Los Angeles. I think. I don't. I could. I can't tell you. I don't know. Wrong, wrong it coast. sounds like an interesting beer for uh, with the lavender part. I'd be, and it. You said it was. Uh, was it barrel uh, barrel soured like barely? Yeah. So yeah. So it was a traditional long term uh, sour. That's awesome. Program with you know all the wild cultures. Uh, oh, you know all the bugs in there. Um, and the lavender all didn't the come through as like soapy or like lingerie or sachet. Um, it <laughs> it was more of this. It actually almost reminded me more of chamomile than of lavender. Um, See, I, I so was going to think like a mellow, like vanilla, like a vanilla bean. Yes, like- yes, actually, which is for me, and I've had a lot of lavender beers. Um, All right, so we are back after we were uh, taken uh, down by, I would just assume like the craft beer Illuminati. because I think it's big craft beers after us. Yeah, we're, I think it's the, the smoothie sour squad. Is it like it could be, yeah. It could be the stain gang. Stain gang, yeah. Um, they heard our complaints. They've seen the glasses that we've had to throw away because of their adjuncts. Yeah. yeah. Up with craft beer, down with adjuncts. That's what I say. That's what I say. <laughs> that and everybody wang chung tonight. Yeah. Well, that too. All right. So, uh, where we left? I don't even know where we left off. Uh, we were talking about beers and there was lavender and lavender beers. Yeah. Temecula, we at, California. I don't know. She, the best beer she's had recently we were talking about was from smog city. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about barrel aged sour versus the kettle sour and everything. So, okay. Um, that's where we were talking about, but I really think we should just really dive into our next beer here. I agree. I agree. Okay. Because this one was Probably one that we both kind of looked at each other when we went there on Saturday and went, all right, so we, we're talking about this beer, right? Yeah. So, and and this is one that Hannah called out. I was like, well, this is my favorite beer, but, you know, I'm not going to include it in your four pack, but we're going to talk about this. Um, 
We did get it though. We we you know we secured the bag on that one. Uh, we sweet talk Sean enough uh, to take. She have loved her, us. Yeah. Yeah. She spoke highly of you guys today. <laughs> so um, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do Buck Naked, which is a very aptly named beer. Uh, Naked. I mean, you're just going with the theme of the uh, yeah. the name of the brewery too, which yeah, is for sure pretty awesome. Well, so before we dive into that, do you want to know how that name came to be? Yeah, please go on. So, Buck Road. Ah, oh, <laughs> there okay. we go. All right. So we produced that beer initially as like the house beer for the Buck Hotel, uh, which isn't too far away. So okay. yeah, it all kind of just came together and came to be. Which, uh, you know, you can go in the same theme of uh, of local, you know, nearby things and just next beer you make, just name it Adult Daycare. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's what beer is, right? A little bit. I feel like you could actually pull that off. Adult Daycare is a yeah. perfect craft beer name right there. Because nobody's going to assume that it's like a, like a senior home type deal. It's yeah. going to be like, you know, Adult Daycare. It's just funny. Yeah. Funny I- name. Also, it's like fruit juice. So it, I feel like it would have to be something that has a lot of juice in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that. That's like yeah. the, the fruited sour that I liked from Aslan was called daddy juice. Cause that's what the, he said that, uh, his kids called his beer cause he was always drinking beer. It's daddy juice. That's hilarious. Yeah. So adult daycare, a collaboration yeah. with the best, best friends podcast yeah, in the world. Go. We'll, uh, we'll send you our logo. It's okay. You can put okay. it on the can. Cool. You guys can cover it with me anytime you want. Oh, that's so it's happening, Dan. It's happening. Uh, episodes. It's happening. <laughs> so I, I pulled up um, Untapped here because we didn't have this one set up for our uh, for our episode, but I figured I'd um, pull this one up here. I oh feel, wait, did you say Untapped? Yeah. So you can follow us on Untapped. It's at Best Best Friends Pod. That's Best Best Friends P O D. Open up the pick, guys. <laughs> All right. So yeah, you know, get but, real Christian with it. <laughs> Buck Naked Cream Ale from Naked Brewing Company. Uh, a beautiful, got her, got her, got her. <laughs> a beautiful 5.3% alcohol by volume. Description, easy drinking cream ale style beer. A little reminiscent of the old days, but much better. Which um, I can't wait to talk about this. That, that's, uh, that description really kind of nails what I was going to say. So um, I feel like we need to crack this bad boy. I say do it. Let's do it. All right. Sweet. Damn, I'll count you down. One. Two, three. Oh, that was a beautiful yeah, crack. There it is. All right. And you can go ahead and enjoy that seltzer that you were talking about before. If you, uh, if you need to crack something over there. I mean, I, I've been doing a lot of talking, so I actually still have both of these beers. <laughs> oh man. Why don't you QA so, them? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, if you can smash them together, like stone cold and then drink both at the same time. Well, just, just be a cool Instagram, Instagram person and Q. Oh, look, she's, she's doing the JT Lambert. She's going to sit on my yoga mat. So I don't know that I really want to spill beer all over it. Well, I mean, it, at the very least you're sitting on something very absorbent. So, I mean, it's cork. So, oh, it's cork. Yeah. So extra absorbent. And then it'll just pour down into your floor. Mm-mm. Oh, I hate crawlers every time. Oh, damn it, Daniel. I'm the worst at pouring crawlers. Uh, I've come to the realization. Damn, that Daniel. 
come to the realization that they always pee out the back when I pour them. And I did this one gently too. I did this one gently pouring this time. That was Dan. That was Dan pouring a uh, a crowler. Was that, awesome. that was the face I was making as I was pouring it over here, just being like, "Ah, oh, so bad." That also sounded like a very like sad orgasm. <laughs> do you want to know what that was from? Do you yes. Do you want to see what that was from? Wait, uh, we're not gonna do. Uh, it. Are we gonna do a video? No, I'll, I mean, I'll 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 share it with Hannah because um, she'll be able to she'll be able to see it. Um, uh, let me bring it up here. Have you ever heard of superhuman? Uh, what? <laughs> superhuman. I mean, I've seen super bad. Is it like that? Nope. Uh, okay. It's kind of like super bad. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, it's like super bad in the sense of it's not like super bad at all. <laughs> all right. So let me see. Where's my. Here we go. All right. So this is uh this is what this is from. So this was was in our podcast infancy. So why am I not getting any sound from this? No. Can you hear it? No. Why is that not coming through? Oh. Hmm. See, we don't do videos anymore. So. Yeah. And then I'll watch it on that. Also, I see the tab. It says "Meet the Brewer." You were stalking me. Yeah, no, I—I I mean, I was up front with that. Not yeah, you were. Real, That's not hiding anything. You know, we poured a beer. We haven't cheers yet, Tom. Yeah, it's true. You we got are. really happy about uh, yeah. wanting to talk about superhuman. I'm just I, cheers. Cheers, um, Sancha. Yeah, cheers, cool. Hannah. This beer right here. Um, All what? I see is this weird man sitting over a microwave. Oh yeah, and he's a—he's a juggalo. Uh. <laughs> And cargo shorts with weird socks. Um, oh, okay, you're back. All right, Hi, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I found it. This is super. Yep, human. got it. Hold on, Hannah. Hold on, we got it. We got it. mission accomplished. I'm. I'm While George, you play I'm, this, I'm gonna sit back here and enjoy this next beer. All right, so this is superhuman. This is superhuman TV show. Today I'll be jumping onto this microwave. This is for jugglers and jugglets. Don't try this at home. I hope you like it. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> Did you see this guy has 5,000 more views than our podcast. Uh, Hannah, can you see the absolute, the utter destruction of, <laughs> look, at, look at the damage that he did on this microwave. That, oh, my whole body hurts looking at that. Oh, you want to see it again? We can do no. it again. I don't want to see it. Fuck this Listen shit. to the sound. But you wanted to know where that sound bite came from? Well, now I know. Yep. Are you regretting finding out? A little bit. Yeah. That hurts me. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Um, I still like grit my teeth every time I see it. Like, it hurts. I mean, that's a broken clavicle. No doubt. But, yeah. So um, I guess going back to cream ale. Yeah, here. cream ales. Something that's smoother than that landing on the uh, microwave. 
Cream ale. Great transition, Dan. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking for something to wipe up the uh, the remnants of our uh, floor puddle. Oh, yeah. I'll get to it later. It's all good. Yeah. Um. So you said cream ale was your favorite type of beer, which is the only reason I said we should probably do another beer because why not talk about your favorite style? Yeah. Um. So if you're going to ask me why it's my favorite style, I honestly don't know that I have like a crazy story to go along with it. Other than the fact that I love Jenny cream and turn up your nose at me all you want. Everybody that's listening to this, uh, Jenny cream is fucking delicious. And if you don't like it or you say there's something wrong with it, there's something wrong with you. Um, Uh, I never said it was, wasn't not delicious. I just said I got real messed up from it. Anybody that wants to speak ill about the Jenny cream. Um, I just love Jenny cream. Like it, you can drink it at room temperature or you could drink it ice cold. And honestly, both are delicious. Um, I think it, I think my actual love for Jenny cream really started. I remember my grandfather having it at like 4th of July and stuff like that. But what I, when I really, really remember, um, having this huge affinity for Jenny cream was when I really started to get into kayaking. It was always a kayaking beer for me and I would stick it in my bulkhead. And so like it would be sort of in the water ish, but you know, like in the bulkhead, I wouldn't put ice or anything in there, but it would keep it cool. And it just, it just always hit the spot. It was always refreshing. Yeah. It was either Jenny cream or hams. And I still love hams too, which, um, Oh, don't you even make that face at me, dude. Uh-uh. Not a, not a hams guy. I mean, I, I love a good shitty beer, but hams. Ugh. I've enjoyed a few. I disagree. It's day. fine. Yeah. Everybody's blood is different. Remember that. Different palates. Different palates. Different strokes, different palates. Different palates for different people. That's different fine. Different um, strokes. But yeah, so I, I just, I just love cream ale. Like it's Jenny cream is my favorite. Um, my goal was I always wanted to on a large scale brew a cream ale and, uh, about a year and a half ago when I was still at free will, um, John came up to me. I'll never forget this. I had been, I mean, at that point I had been there for four and a half years I had bugged them. Can we do a cream ale? Can we do a cream ale? And it was always like, oh, it's never going to sell. It's never going to sell. One day I was, I still remember exactly where I was standing. I was standing by the 15 barrel uh, fermenters. I was hooking up some hoses to a pump to do a CIP. And John comes up to me and I'm not even looking at him. I'm like bent over hooking stuff up. And he goes, hey, uh, I'm going to need you to write me a cream ale recipe. And I did like the bend and snap from. Oh Oh my God. It's happening. Oh my God. It's happening. (laughs) Cream ale's happening guys. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to need you to write me a cream ale recipe. And I was like, I'll have it to you by the end of the day. (laughs) Um, And then we brewed a cream ale and I was super stoked for that. And yeah, I don't know. And then Jenny Cremel started following me on Instagram. And then I was like, oh my God, all my life goals have been completed. I can now die. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just, I love Cremels. I don't know. They're good. I, 
I agree. I think your recommendation when we showed up to Naked was the reason why I, that was the pint I was going to have while we were hanging out. Um, I said, you know what? I have to try it. I know we were getting a crowler of it. I was like, I still have to try it. I have to, I have to find out. Um, Jenny is a beer I do enjoy. I did have too many drunk nights with it. So I always try every time somebody says, you know, Jenny cream ale, I'm like, Oh, I don't know about that. Every time only because of probably my overconsumption of it. <laughs> I'm like that with bush light. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, this is our second cream ale on the podcast. Second cream ale. Did we do the Odd Logic cream ale on the show? Oh, uh, remember the Titans? I don't yes. think we did on the show. Are you sure? We, uh, maybe we did. I forget. Did we do it on the live show? I've, I don't even know. Oh, yeah, we so did. We ago. did. Yeah, we did on the live show. <clears throat> so we did Odd Logic's uh, cream ale on like a live podcast. And uh, I mean, I, that was like, I, I, I think we did. I, I'm pretty sure we did because. I think Tim recommended that and we were like a fucking cream ale. Yeah. Really? Like, it's just like such like a, it's like an old school style. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So it's not like, it's not, you don't see, I think I can't even remember the last time I saw another brewery put that on their menu. Like so what's interesting ale. about that statement and the fact that you just brought in odd logic so Neshaminy Creek does their Croydon cream ale, which is also phenomenal. Right. Yeah. I've had the Croydon cream. Where Nishamini is, Odd Logic, and Naked, we're in this weird fucking cross section of this craft beer community where that's the beers that people want. They want the lagers, they want the cream ales. Imagine my amazement when they hired me at Naked. They said, You have full control, you have carte blanche. You can 86 any recipes that you want, you can change anything, you can create whatever you want. The one and only beer that you have to continue to produce and make sure it is on tap at all times is our cream ale. And I was like, fuck yes. You were like, <laughs> I, I have the weirdest boner right now. <laughs> what? What'd you say? I said What'd I you said I have the weirdest boner right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it the f funny thing uh, so um, Dan and what's that? <laughs> wait, uh, hold on. Wait, what? We're I think we're like we're, we're like breaking up on. We have like bad cell reception here. We're like we're like I can't hear you. You can't hear me. It's a. I can hear you. Okay, yeah. we're all good. Yeah, we're okay. good. All right. Um. So, Dan and I have been like uh. I saw I saw Tom scrambling for his iPad yeah. so he can get out the uh. <laughs> The BJCP beer style guidelines while uh -huh. we talk about since we do have a nice, I, I would say a recipe that really lends itself to, um, you know, the BJCP. Well, guidelines. so Dan and I have recently been studying the, the BJCP guidelines. I don't know if you can see them. Oh, no. No, you can't. Can you, oh, 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 1C. There it is. Uh, I'm not going to turn around my computer and look awkward, but it's right here. Yeah. I'll just point to it. There we go. You can't see. It's right here. Um, so behind this menagerie of stickers. <laughs> so oh, underutilized word menagerie. I fucking love it. <laughs> Dan and I have been, uh, I, I, we talked about a little bit on the podcast, but we've been studying our BJCP style guide. Um, yeah. I like to, I like to read it when I enjoy that style of beer just because I'm, I'm a more tactile learner. So 
I, yes. if I'm having like, say like a amazing Warwick Farms Dunkel Lager, I'm going to pull up the old BJCP and go down the yeah. old Dunkel Lager for yeah. sure you know, style guide and, you know, see what I'm, you know, kind of experience as I'm experiencing it, read it as well. Right. What should yep. I be tasting? Like, what are the flavors? What's the yep. mouthfeel supposed to be like? Um, here's the thing that stood out to me was uh, this is a, a style that Dan and I kind of used throughout the summer to kind of judge beer um, lawnmower style. Lawnmower beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing of, uh, on the first overall impression of a cream ale is a clean, well attenuated uh, or attenuated, attenuated. Oh, <laughs> sure. Attenuated, whatever. Uh, flavorful American lawnmower beer. Easily drinkable and refreshing with more character than typical American lagers. So this is the lawnmower beer. Yeah. Yep. This is yep. this is the this is the lawnmower man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and drinking this. You know, beer, I thought you two, the two of you together, uh, would would get my and run off my lawnmower man reference. I think it was the um, actuated um, pronunciation that really threw us off. I was like, what? What are you talking? <laughs> it's an actuator. Okay, the flavor <laughs> is an actuator, and it capacitor uh, of beer. Right. He's like, it just has a great flux capacitor. It's at. It's yeah. an tensioner. It grabs your attention. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's like a great, like, I, I feel like that, like, it, it's like the, the dude's rug. It just ties us all together. It's like. Oh, so the next beer that we're releasing, actually. Well, we're releasing this. We're releasing two beers next week. But the it's next called beer Lawnmower Man. That we're releasing is a, a White Russian inspired beer. By oh the yeah, way. there we go. Is it Lebowski uh, themed? It's the Big Rakowski. Is what it's oh, called. that's awesome. <laughs> I feel like I just saw another brewery that did that. Somebody just like posted something on Instagram about. Someone it. was doing a White Russian style. Yeah. So what yeah. what what's going into your your White Russian style? So it's a blonde stout um, with milk sugar and coffee and vanilla. Um, Very cool. So our Bristol, our Bristol location, we're in the same building as Noble Earth Kombucha um, Brewery, and the owner of that building is named Joe Rakowski. So, uh, and he's our landlord. The dude there. abides. Yeah. So on the can, it says the dude imbibes instead of abides. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and it's uh, a caricature of Joe, but done in like the big, Le- big Lebowski kind of ask. Yeah. I don't know. I'm it's all, pretty- I'm all for any Lebowski related oh, themed yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. On my honeymoon, uh, I went to a Lebowski themed bar. <laughs> I've been on a huge uh, white Russian kick. So I have uh I've probably all, all that yeah. whiskey behind you and you're, you're drinking vodka. Cause sometimes I just want, <laughs> no man, I find myself trends. like, I find myself <laughs> staring at some of the bottles. just like, what you got back there? Yeah. I mean, we could go on a little tour if you want a tour. I can, I can show you. What <laughs> oh man. We'd go on for another hour. Yeah. Yeah. We, 
Unfortunately, we don't have all night. <laughs> yeah, we just have we have one crowler of cream ale left in the episode. Quarter of a third, but oof, not much of a crowler. Yeah, just left. pour out the rest. Just do it. Um, I've been I've been sipping yeah, off of it. I've been every I've been everything but like drinking out of the can. Which we we need to do a we need to do like a uh, we need a shotgun a crowler on this podcast at some point. Uh, well, we used to do when I was at Free Will. We used to do shotgun Fridays. Um, so every Friday we would shotgun. It was usually either Jenny Cream, PBR, or Coors Banquet. Uh, yeah, but you're not doing crowlers of that. No, 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 I'm, no, no, no. I'm talking about living dangerously cheesy here and, and doing. I used to work with people and now I work by myself. So <laughs> doing shotgun Fridays is a little lonesome. So if you ever want to come do shotgun Friday with me, <laughs> say. Hey, shotgun Fridays, <laughs> shotgun Fridays, little kid. And I liked it. So if anyone wants to come do shotgun Friday with me, not this Friday, cause I'll be in Pittsburgh, but, um, Oh, you yeah. going to Grist house? Uh, well, I'm We're going to see from hitchhiker, but I might go to Grist. We'll see. So when that's getting some traction, stick city, apparently stick city is pretty gnarly to go to. There's Raven. that one, there's that one out in, uh, cranberry too i can't remember what it's called something elves or something i don't know i don't know matt and chad have a big pittsburgh boner so uh we i know all... i talked to them before they went out there yeah. <laughs> and then when we were out there i talked to them again <laughs> <laughs> um so back to your cream ale here cream i don't know the cream ales are just such like a I keep going back to it, but it, it's such like an old school style. Like it, it feels like you're just like tasting like nostalgia. Yeah. It's like what they drank in like the seventies. Like it, it's what I, what I like, uh, think of like, like, uh, smoking the bandit, like Smokey was drinking yeah. that. I like what you mentioned when we did, uh, yeah. way to my heart. Um, and- He's it down, it up and and we going to do what they say can't be done. All right. I'll allow it. I'll allow being interrupted by Smokey. I have to get my Eastbound reference in there. There you go. I'm surprised we didn't do any Eastbound down while we were driving to uh, Naked. I feel we were on the highway. We were Eastbound, but we were up. Coolers in the back and everything. Yeah. Kenny fucking Powers, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, No, we were, uh, we were, we were not bringing them back past uh, into Texarkany. Texarkany. Yeah. (laughs) But you mentioned it with the, uh, uh, way to my heart, having like the corn and like the grain and everything, having that cream ale kind of backbone to it. And the more I keep drinking this, I keep thinking of that, like the corn sweetness that you kind of bring to it. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, when I, when I got to Naked, they, um, they really gave me creative freedom to do whatever I wanted. Um, the only request was that there was a cream ale on top at all times. Uh, however, they did say, um, feel free to tweak this, change it, whatever you think, especially given the fact that cream ale is your favorite style. Like we trust that you're not going to fuck it up. <laughs> so I did actually tweak it a little bit. Uh, I brought down the ABV, um, from where it had been. Uh, and it was higher than the- Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I brought it down to five, three, which, Ideally, I want it to be like 5%, um, but 
we'll we'll go. We'll we're okay with five three. So. I feel I, yeah. I feel like a cream ale should be somewhere in that five area because it's like a like an easy drinker, something yeah. you could drink like four of and not not feel yeah. bad about yourself. Or yeah. be the third beer of the episode where right. the guy who has to drive home goes, yeah, let's do it. Let's crack one more. Well, <laughs> yep. to be fair, the highest ABV that you've drank. To be fair. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I looked at all the beers before the episode. I said we're most likely going to go into the cream ale tonight. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, there's a time and a place for some of those big boozy bitches, but yeah. Not in a cream ale. I feel like a lot of like the crap beer community has gone like, you know, I'm tired of just drinking one beer. Yeah. Or I, or I'm tired of waking up just, just devastated. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I like the flavor of this beer. I want to drink more of this beer. I'm, I think I want to go more towards like a low ABV. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) I mean, it equates to more sales. It does, yes. Volume. Yeah, because when you're when when I'm getting those like uh fifteen percent stouts, guess what? They sitting in my fridge. Yeah. <laughs> they sitting for a while. Um but no, like something like this. Um and an interesting thing that I read on the uh the style guide here, um the BJCP style guide, uh twenty fifteen version, because it hasn't been updated. Um, doesn't need to be updated. Uh, pre-prohibition cream ales were slightly stronger and hoppier, including some dry hopping, which is, I don't know, like to me, like dry hopping seems like such like a new, like fad, like a new thing to do. Like to hear that, like pre-prohibition era, there's dry hopping going on. Well, I, yeah, I think that some of that, Probably was done for preservation factor um, because, you know, hops are a natural preservative. And so um, it helps oh. to it, microbial growth. That kind of coincides with the Great Depression, something yeah. that's going to last longer for people. Right. So, yeah. And yeah. you want to get I've, the most bang for your, you know, prohibition buck right there. <laughs> for your buck naked. naked. For, your, naked. For, your, <laughs> for your wooden nickel right there. Yeah. Yeah, so I I would guess that maybe that's why they were dry hop, but I mm, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like dry, the hearing the term dry hopping next to pre prohibition is just weird. Yeah, I you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That does seem slightly out of place and a little bit more new school than old school. Yeah, because when I think of like pre prohibition beers, I'm thinking of like ale, just like straight up like ales and lagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that huge German, like, yeah. well, if we're talking like pre-prohibition, like Midwestern United States, the huge German lagering influence and everything. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, you know, cheers on the uh, the head retention on this. Awesome head retention. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, getting some good lacing on it too. Yep. Um, I haven't been like, you know, swishing my shit around the entire time, but I still get a good lacing. You know, I learned that from Garrett Oliver. I know you did. <laughs> um, if you if you go if you go to his room, he uh, replaced the picture of his wife with a picture of Gallery, Garrett <laughs> Oliver right next to his alarm clock. It's adorable. Say <laughs> if you go to Garrett Oliver's room, I was like, you've been in his house. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish we've invited him on the podcast. He just he kept us on red. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he got to. That I, don't think, I don't even think he got to red. <laughs> we're we're on the unseen. Yeah, you know, dream big. Yeah. Dream big, right? Right, Hannah? 
yeah, dream big, man. Nothing's nothing's impossible. You tell me I can't do it. Watch this. I feel it'd be like really awkward if we interviewed him like Chris Farley. On Dude, SNL. it would definitely be the Chris Farley show. Like, <laughs> Remember that time you did Brooklyn Black Ops? That was really cool. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it would just, it would be a very awkward hour and a half to two hours. <laughs> um, all right. So cream ale, what was the, uh, what did you, what was the malt backbone on this one? Pilsner. Okay. Straight yeah. up Pilsner malt. Pilsner malt, um, flaked corn, and a little bit of uh, carapils or carafoam in there, um, like a dextrin malt. Um, just Get a little sweetness to it. Just a little bit, yeah, and just a little bit of body, um, but a very small percentage of that. Is there uh, is there a secret to your recipe for for doing a cream ale? Um. Is there I, like a that's none of your goddamn business, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there like a grandma's secret recipe? No, are you calling me secret a secret ingredient? God damn, dude. <laughs> no, well, no, 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 come on now, don't paint me as a bad guy here. It's a term of endearment, nothing, you just <laughs> <it> yourself, son. <laughs> yeah, you dug your own hole here. I even went, damn, <laughs> come on, come on, everybody knows grandma's, you know, all grandmas have that, that secret ingredient in their. But you're, you're not helping yourself. Yeah, just oh god damn it, just digging a hole. I man, cool. it, it's a. We're gonna gloss over that, and we're just gonna go with like grandmas are fucking queens, and like boom, here we are. We're just gonna go with that. Yeah, come on. Okay. So paint me as a bad uh, guy. Secret recipe, now. not really. And honestly, I will share any recipe anybody asks me for. Um, I will share because it's not proprietary knowledge, like. We're all. I thought you were going to say love. Each other. What? I thought you were going to say love. Love is a secret recipe. It's made with your love love of the style. It's made with love. Yeah. Yeah. Are you you trying to bring it back to like grandma's chocolate chip cookies right now? And the tears of my enemies. (laughs) And, you know, equality. Um, (laughs) Now, I think. I think I might use a higher percentage of flaked corn than some brewers do. I don't really know. Um, but I prefer, I prefer my cream ales. Um, and this actually also goes for Pilsners. I prefer them to be a little bit more soft. Um, I still want them to be crisp and clean, but I want a little bit of a softer mouthfeel than that. Very like dry. Yeah, I still wanted to be a well, uh, what did you call it? Attenuated or attenuated. Actionated. Actuator. Actuator. I still wanted to be, uh, you know, highly actuated and with a good flux capacitor in there. 1.21 gigawatts. You know what? I'm I'm done with this fucking podcast. (laughs) Back, friend. Come back. Come back. Um, it's all, all in good fun, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I still want it to be, to be fully attenuated. Um, and I want it to be crisp and clean, but I just want a little bit of a softer mouthfeel. Um, and so some of that has to do with water chemistry. Some of that has to do with, uh, the amount of flaked corn you use. So, um, there, there is a degree of sweetness in this recipe as opposed to other like cream ales where I'm like, it's almost like a sweet, almost 
I think I said it when we were there, like almost like a bready kind of sweetness to it. It's like soft on the, uh, on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that I think goes back to just the way that I prefer, um, for a cream ale to be. And I, I think a lot of that goes back to Jenny cream, you know, she's, she's nice and soft on the back end. Uh, so Jenny, Jenny, <laughs> I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Jenny cream ale. <laughs> <laughs> Act the uh the mash tun it's not in use anymore but the uh mash tun and actually the whirlpool is still in use at freewell came from the genesee brewery it was part of their pilot oh, house wow. i would mm-hmm. paint on the side of it like forest painted on the on the boat just like jenna <laughs> <laughs> just in the same font and everything there was only one name i could think of for the whirlpool <laughs> the most beautiful name in the, all the world <laughs> Come uh, on. Oh man. <laughs> I got you nice and red over there. Look at you. Oh man. There's not there's not many times I get this guy no. to, I get this guy red. Daniel. <laughs> oh man. That was good. That was that a good was, one? Yeah, I wasn't expecting a full forest quote there. Oh, I'm full of forest quotes. <laughs> Most beautiful name in the world. It's only one name I could think of. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. <clears throat> Refreshing. Yeah. I think we need to wrap this bitch up. I think so, too. Um, wrapping it on a solid note, this is probably one of the best cream ales I've had oh. in a while. Um, yeah. This, and I, I thought about it when we were there on Saturday, and I was so happy with my decision, even though I knew we were going to, I knew we were going to drink this yeah. on the episode. I was, there was no way we weren't going to drink it. And just having that little like background, like at the brewery and everything. Ah, oh, that was so good. Yeah. It was like, we had like, we had both of the styles that we really enjoy, but we don't get to talk about enough on this podcast is like, wait, so we had the cream, Dan had the cream ale and I had the thank Frank, mm-hmm. um, the West coast, which yeah. I mean, between both of us, you know, a cream ale is great and we both love a good Westie and it's just, yeah. We drank them like Lady in the Champ, uh, Tramp. Yeah. Lady in the Champ. Yeah, right. Lady in the Champ. <laughs> we drank them like that. You know, we wrapped our arms around each other while we drank them. Yeah, we drank them like newlyweds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I get it. I totally, I'm picturing, I got this all pictured. <laughs> oh, we got it on video. Don't worry. Yeah, we got it on video. We don't have to. Oh, um, good. With the cats circling around you. Exactly. Yeah, it was like, it was like a mix yeah. of Lady in the they Tramp and Aristocats. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to full Disney. There were birds singing and it was like Cinderella too. Exactly. Like you had it all. Man. The full Disney library. The vault as it were. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. You do it. You you also do a killer West Coast IPA. So, you know, not, not to toot your, not, not to toot your horn any more than you already have, but uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. We got a, we got a jazz ensemble going on here tonight, guys. We're going to toot this horn all night. Yeah. Yeah. Solid West Coast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like, um, it's a style that is sort of, it's sort of fallen by the wayside in the last few years as people have gone more so towards hazy. milkshake or They're the, the fruited sours, but you know, there's something beautiful about just a easy West coast IPA. Um, and I wanted something to be on tap that, um, because I said we are in this weird cross section of craft beer consumers, um, that cream ale is our number one selling beer. Uh, so 
I wanted something that was still approachable and old school enough um, to appeal to somebody that wanted something a little bit more hoppy. Especially um, with the proximity to like Nishamini where, where you have like John and you have Shape of Hops uh, to, to Come, yeah. which I mean, best, yeah. best, best name for of a beer ever. <laughs> For sure. For sure. So yeah, I really, I really wanted to have a, a West coast. that just was sort of like a, a stable for us. Um, and the name thank Frank, it actually came about so organically. It was, uh, the two owners, Jim, um, who I don't think you had a chance to meet. So he is the original owner and co-founder. And then Sean came on board a couple years ago. Um, and myself, we were all sitting in the office after a really long day. And we were talking about brewing um, a pale ale or a West Coast IPA. And I said, well, I think it needs to be an IPA because people look at pale ales and they're like, oh, I don't want a pale ale. I want an IPA. Uh, so I was like, let's make an IPA. And we are thinking about what to name it. And it was after a bunch of shit had broken at the brewery that week. And our um, maintenance guy He's retired. Um, he used to be a steam fitter with Jim. So that's Jim's full-time job. He's a steam fitter. Uh, but Frank is, he's not old. I mean, he's late fifties. He just worked really hard and was able to retire young. Nice. Uh, so Frank has come and rescued me so many times at like 6am when something goes wrong and I'm trying to mash in or, you know, glycol chiller is not turning on or whatever happens faucets leaking and I can't figure out why. Um, so his name is Frank. And, uh, so we wanted to call the beer just Frank. Um, but I think who is it? Somebody, somebody relatively well-known does a beer called just Frank. Like it's like literally the name is just, it's Frank. Um, so I was like, well, what about thank Frank? So that was, that was my homage to Frank. Uh, he's a good, a good dude. So and a solid staple beer too. Like yeah. if that's something you guys are continuously having, that beer deserves to be on rotation. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good namesake beer to have. Yeah. 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 I eventually I would like to see it be canned. I would like to see our cream ale be canned too. Um, but to get to that point, to be able to drive sales like that of beers that are non hype beers, if you will, you have to create that hype before that and then couple it in there eventually, um, and have it be something that people were coming in and they're like, Oh, well, I'm going to come in and I'm going to get the newest cat series beer, but I'm also going to pick up a four pack of whatever. Um, so it's all about marketing. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're learning that. I wish it wasn't things that I had to think about, but you know, it is something that I'm not terrible at. So I have some insight on that. Cause it was yeah. one of the that I did. You you want it to be I brew beer, beer going can, can go in your car, can go in your belly. But it's very multifaceted. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can went in my belly tonight. Yeah. No, it's now it's I brew beer, beer going Instagram, beer liked or not liked. Thousand (laughs) followers. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beer going untapped, untapped, not like, (laughs) untapped idiots. Yeah. There's we, a lot of different components, you know, yeah. it's not, not as straightforward and simple. Um, this beer is good, but I don't like cream ales 1.5. <laughs> it's this, not creamy enough. This is the best cream ale I've ever had, but I don't like cream ales 0.25. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of idiots. Anyway, so let's wrap this thing up. 
before we get on an untapped tangent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Hannah, can't thank you enough. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, your beers are amazing. Uh, our experience in Naked has been nothing but stellar. Like it's, we had a great time visiting your establishment. Your beers have been a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, guys, to talk about guys. Go to go to Naked. Uh, drive around the back of the building. We assure you, it's there. Yeah. Um, look for the adult daycare. Uh, because Dan and I almost walked in there. Um. <laughs> Is it is it the one is it the one that looks like an Asian massage parlor or is it the one that says brewery? <laughs> because I couldn't tell if that was an adult daycare or with all the flowers around it. I was like, is that a massage That's parlor? A massage parlor. <laughs> it is a very inviting looking adult daycare. Right? It is. It is. Um, they have one like, of those lit signs that said open. Yeah, I just looked at it. I was like, adult daycare. Can I go play with Legos or something in there? Like, <laughs> can I just go in there and free range? <laughs> um, but no, uh, hey, what go kind to of toys. You got in here, dog. Go to naked. Uh, they're awesome. We'll have a uh, stuff. We'll have a video come out, you know, about their, their, their brew pub. And, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun filming in there. Like, yeah. You guys have a great establishment. Um, that it's what I like to find when I go to a craft brewery is just in a yeah. warehouse. That and can wall that you guys have is so cool. Spectacular. Yeah. yeah. All the nostalgic cans. You can yeah. go. You can go see our sticker on their uh, on their door. Yes. I saw it today when I went in to go get hops. Yeah, so we could- we tried to put it over the brewers and PA sticker, but you know we we figured we get we would uh, you know we wouldn't do that to Matt and Chad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could also check us out at our other location in Bristol too, which is beautiful, um, and it's only half a block from the marina. Um, and it's right in downtown historical Bristol, um, within walking distance of a lot of different, um, other local establishments, Calm Waters Coffee, um, and some other different restaurants and stuff like that too. So. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so at the, at the Bristol location, what are you, are you guys just doing like cans? Are you doing draft? Um, okay. it's fewer draft lines than what we have, uh, on Buck Road, but it's, like I think on Buck Road we might have ten draft lines, and in Bristol we have seven or eight. So it's not that many fewer. But all the can options are also available at Bristol, um, and Bristol is actually also open on Sundays, which our Ooh. Buck Road location is not. Game day, so, game day. Yeah, you need those game day beers. Yeah. Get up Bristol. So, yeah, um, and as a side note, you know, uh, small businesses are struggling during the pandemic, so. You know, any and all support is definitely good. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, filled we're, up. I, we're heading for another shutdown. Uh, I was reading honestly. up on it actually as we were talking. Yeah. Philadelphia just put in a whole bunch of butthole rules. And uh, did I saw. Yeah. Um, so, but we have cans and, you know, you can place your order online yep. right through our website. Go to Instagram or Facebook. There is a link to our online store. Um, and you can purchase beer directly straight right from there um, and do pick up, take out. You can order crawlers or any of the can options. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't think so- we haven't had it. We haven't had to talk about it in a long time. Uh, but, you know, as things are starting to tighten up again, guys, uh, go out and support your local breweries. Uh, go out and support whatever brewery you can in PA. Um, you know, a majority of them, if not all of them have done a great job adapting to, uh, you know, the, the current climate and, uh, you know, they offer 
online ordering and curbside pickup and, you know, contactless uh, options. Yeah. There, I think the craft beer industry has done so just done so well with adapting to the current climate. And I mean, like you said, I mean, you guys have the online ordering available, uh, social media, I believe Instagram is at naked brewing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Follow them at Instagram is that at naked brewing, um, link right there directly to order. You know, exactly. Yep. If you're somebody who's you know not comfortable being out right now and you know, everything's tightening up, you know, curbside pickup is the best way to support a local business right now while we're uh, going through this time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Right. Well, Hannah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, um, thank you so much. We're going to, we're going to, uh, clean up some, some business stuff here. Uh, Dan. Okay. So, Hey, if you guys enjoyed what you listened to today, um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, give us a follow. You'll know about all of our upcoming episodes. Um, you'll see all the malarkey that we do on social media, making fun of staying gang, making fun of smoothies hours, you know, uh, Tom just griping on her Instagram story for about six or seven different slides. Yeah. You want to, you want to see me get into a mood? Just follow our Instagram stories. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at best, best friends pod. That's at best, best friends P O D. Yes. (laughs) Hey, uh, send us an email. If you're a brewer who wants to be on, if you know a brewer who wants to be on, if you're, have questions or suggestions or recommendations of breweries we should feature, send us an email. It's bestbestfriendspod at gmail.com. That's bestbestfriendspod, P-O-D. And I think I can fly. Yeah, Tom. All right. Um, you can uh, follow Naked Brewing on Instagram at Naked Brewing. Their untapped is at Naked Brewing Company, and their website is www.nakedbrewingcompany.com. Definitely go check them out. Uh, check out the beers they have on tap. Uh, you know what they're what they're canning. Uh, they have a very uh, eclectic menu, which is something that we we really appreciate. Uh, variety, it's a spice of life. Um, Hannah's doing uh, some awesome beers. Uh, I haven't had a bad one yet, so. Uh, you know, keep it up, uh, go support your local businesses. Uh, Dan, do you have anything else you want to plug? Well, I guess we have to plug this because I'm actually going to be working on it tomorrow night with them. Um, so if you're into live music, if you're in the punk music, uh, if you're into having a good time, um, some of our fellow, uh, I guess our old school guests, some of the past guests, some past guests are throwing together a new year's Eve live stream. No, uh, not New Year's Eve or not New Year's Eve. Thanksgiving Eve. Last there we year. Go. Sorry about that. That's the one. Thanksgiving Eve has always been an important time for all these bands that uh, are coming on for this. So uh, we're doing a lot of good old fashioned punk covers. Uh, no effects. Misfits. It's going to be a good time. Um, Thanksgiving Eve live stream is going to be the night before Thanksgiving. We're going to start putting out a lot of uh, promotion about it soon. So it's going to be a good time. So uh, make sure you follow us on uh, social media for the live stream links and everything. Yeah, it's our. Do you want to announce the band? Oh yeah, it's doing great. If you don't know, doing great, then um, get out there and listen to them. They're yeah. an amazing band. Check them out. All right. Um, all right. So I think that wraps up the episode. Yeah.
Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. She, she makes it bang and cream out. I think she's a new friend. I don't know, but I mean, she did like kind of shame us at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, she shamed you. She didn't shame me. Well, I mean, I'm I'm fifty percent of the podcast. Oh, well, I mean, that's fifty percent. I mean, we still got a fifty percent still in the still in the pocket, so I think we're good. Well, she did make up for it with some awesome beer. Yeah, really good beer. I think. Yeah, yeah we got yeah, okay. New friend, new friend, yeah, new right, friend Hannah, of the podcast. Hannah, you're a new friend of the podcast. Yay! Congratulations. Uh, you can expect your welcome package in seven to ten business months. Oh, okay, cool. I'll eagerly await that. (laughs) (laughs) Your sarcasm is not missed on us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Again, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, We really appreciate you. Uh, Thanks for hooking us up with the beer. Uh, Everybody go support Naked Brewing. Uh, Yeah. Can't say enough good things. Anything else, Dan? I think that's it, man. All right, everybody. Um, Dan. Just want you to know one thing. I love you. Always have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, every time. Every time. Get you. And everybody remember, it's not goodbye forever. It's just... Yeah, you thought we were done with the POD drops, and then we get you. All right, everybody. (laughs) This has been the Best Best Friends podcast episode 43 and you know i didn't forget dan and nobody should forget jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself it was the clinton family oh boy we out see you Friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. This podcast is hosted by two bros. By two bros. So crack a beer and laugh at some videos. Videos. Superhuman jump through barbed wire bricks. Fuck this shit. Clang out with little lunchbox. Become a cluggalette. A cluggalette. Sometimes I'm a stouty boy, sometimes lazy. And this podcast is both. So it's all for me. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Cindy Crawford's a fan. How could you go wrong? So many pods up there were influenced for me. Epstein is still alive and listens to best best friends.